Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another night of Super Deluxe Games Cast. It is Thursday, October 29th. Now we got a big show tonight. Game of the generation. This generation is only ending because SDGC says it does, right? And tonight we're going to talk about the 50 best games of this generation. But before we do that, a quick word on voting. Next week is one of the most important presidential elections, probably actually the most important presidential election of our lifetime. And it is imperative that you get out there and make your voice be heard. Get out there and vote. If you if you're doing a, a mail-in ballot, take it to the to, like go to the polls, go to the actual polls and drop and it off in a, it. In a drop off. Right? Do not mail it. At Do this not point. mail it. Do not mail it at this point. There is we cannot trust that we cannot trust the USPS at this point. Get out there and vote. Make your voice heard. It's important from all of us. Please do your part. With that being said, I am going to kick it over to Jeff because this is his show. He's running it. And I'm just going to sit back and get wasted. <laughs> We're all going to yeah. be wasted by the end of this. Yeah. All right. So it's been... Um... When did this generation kick off? 2013, November? It's been like a long-ass uh, yes. seven years. Yeah, seven years. Seven years. Is that a generation of seven years? I mean, we're just saying from when the PS4 and Xbox came out. Oh, is that what this is? <laughs> Brittany. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking <laughs> with oh, Okay. You submitted right, games. Over, everybody. We're done. That's <laughs> <laughs> if this is a joke or not. Listen, all right. It's been, it's it's been a day. It's been a week. I can't. Just let me have this. I'm so confused. Brittany. You haven't even started drinking yet, have you? That's what's the worst part. That's the. All right. Well, I'll just uh, I'll just start. Chad has, That's a good Chad has declared that a generation is actually thirty years, so we're gonna have to revise. I get it. It's the generation of this. Con okay, that makes sense. Okay. That's Since perfect. the launch of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Nintendo, we don't really know. I guess maybe a little bit of Wii U, a little bit of Switch. Who yeah, they're off in their own bit. little thing. Um, so we don't have a lot of time to waste. To be so we're fair, gonna get... all of the Wii U games are Switch games. Yeah, that's basically. true. Right. And the, yeah. the rest were just not good. So you know, shout out to that uh, Mass Effect 3 and um, Arkham City port or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no reason to be on there. All right. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to name our top 50 games of the generation. They are not individually ranked. So we're not concerned with which game's number 16 and which game's number 14. They're more like tiered, but we do right? have two Yeah, they're tiered. So we have two distinct groups. We have uh, games 50 through 30, which are kind of like, they're games of the generation. They're amazing games. But then we do have a top 20 where it's like, these games were a notch above those other ones. So we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about each of them. Um, we're going to dive into them a little bit deeper and and talk about why they're on here and, and why we love them, because we're all going to agree on every single game, and there's going to be absolutely no discourse whatsoever tonight. Um, mm. Before we get started, uh, I mean, there's, there's like a shitload of games this generation, probably more games than ever before. Like, there's so many games coming out these days. So um, we each submitted an, an honorable mention uh, basically something that didn't quite make the top 50, but uh, that was really important to us when we felt um, needs a shout out before we move on to uh, the new consoles in November. So with that being said, we're going to kick it to each person and give them about 30 seconds to just briefly say why this game is on this list and what makes it special. And we're going to start with John, who had PT as an honorable mention. 
PT was, in fact, my honorable mention. As everybody knows, I love horror games. I love Silent Hill. And this is the fucking best that I got this gen. Uh, so uh, PT was an experience that took me about an hour. And it is the only game this gen to cause me to call my wife uh, when I was in the basement and ask her, hey, baby, could you, you, hey, you want to come down and hang out? Just be with me and hang out for a little while and, and chill, maybe. you know." <laughs> and, and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, nah, baby, it's cool. I'm totally cool. I just miss you so much. And I love you. And I want to feel your warm embrace uh right now actually so if you could come uh hang she goes are you scared playing the game i was like no no of course no and then lisa popped up and i shit my pants so yeah pt was pt was fucking spectacular i didn't give it higher than honorable mention because it's not technically a fully fledged game but it also did um it also did uh atmospheric horror better than literally any other horror game releases in my opinion so pt give it up well said, well said. All right, we're going to go to Finn, who's got Days Gone. I do have Days mention. Gone. And the fact that it's only an honorable mention just goes to show how solid Sony's first-party offerings were for me this year. Uh, we love, Saki and I love Days Gone because its story swerved you and kind of avoided a lot of the classic cliches that you would expect. And then the actual zombie horde gameplay was just way more fun than it had any right to be. And... Uh, I platinum that game. I went from being like, ah, eh, this is okay. And then each story beat ramped up and made it better and better. And by the end, I just, I couldn't get enough of it. So the, unfortunately there was just a, too many other games that I liked even more, but this gen was just solid. So days gone. Brittany, you have one final chance to, to change your mind. <laughs> what, what game is your honorable? I mention? changed it. Look at the list. I changed it. Just, just tell us. It's Luigi's mansion three. All right, so all right. it was I had originally Fortnite uh, just because I thought it was really um, impactful for this gen. But I switched it to Luigi's Mansion 3 just because I liked it better personally. It was more fun. It was such a good like follow up to the Luigi's Mansion series, especially after the was it the 3DS or the DS one wasn't that great. Um, so this one was good. I love the music. I love the gameplay. Even the multiplayer was fun for as long as it lasted. Um, and it looked phenomenal. Like, it looked so fucking good. Um, and that's it. It was just a fun, uh, one of my fun games that I could just sit down with and chill. And it was actually one of the first games I beat in a really long time. So it has a little special place in my heart. So that's Aww. mine. Derek, why don't you tell us about Persona 5? Yeah. Um, Take your time. <laughs> so Persona 5, definitely, um, I think the, what do I want to say, the honeymoon period wore off for a lot of people in the aftermath. Um, and it's still a great JRPG, but a lot of us have kind of uh, tread to death over like the pacing issues that it has, the, the couple pieces of problematic content in there. But I still think Persona 5, uh, does so much right. It has such a good cast of characters. It tells a very good story. It is easily one of the slickest and most stylish games, you know, aesthetically, artistically, musically, uh, in terms of UI design. Like every aspect of it is just dripping in, in good and stylish design choices. Um, and I also think that Persona 5 deserves a mention for how well it captures the kind of social and political attitudes of millennials and Gen Z broadly. Um, Persona 5 is very much about millennial rage. Um, it is very much about um, 
the this kind of burn it down attitude that a lot of us have 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 slowly and maybe even uncomfortably grown uh, to feel about the older generations, about political establishments, about um, you know the fabric of our society, and it just being too slow to get shit fixed. Uh, Persona Five is very much about like, hey, what if people who were pissed off about this stuff actually had the ability to force that kind of change? Uh, what if you could force a rapist to turn themselves in? What if you could force, you know, a uh, an an immoral, uh, you know, business owner to uh, fix? their business practices and, and turn themselves in for, you know, the labor law violations that happen at way too many fucking co- stuff like that. Um, and it is weird to me that more games didn't get, more pieces of media don't get that as well as persona five does. So I think that's what makes it special. Awesome. Yeah. And it's going to be on the, um, that PS collection, I think coming out with the PlayStation five as well. So you haven't had a chance to play it. Uh, you can definitely grab it there. Uh, Just, Justin's honorable mention uh, is a, a niche indie game called Destiny from a small. Uh, yeah. Tell me about Destiny. I've been, I've been hearing so about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, be te- the next big thing. Technically, technically, it is an indie game now. Uh, <laughs> that is true. true. Yeah. No, he's right. Um, yeah. So actually, like, I had actually considered this making a game of the generation option just because of the sheer impact that it's had on the game industry and kind of how it's kind of continually been a part of a part of my gaming life this generation i have been playing destiny since the first alpha um back in summer of 2014 um i think this type of game uh is really interesting because we've seen so many other developers try to really copy this format of like the semi MMO um, co-op living world type of game. Um, But none have really been as enduring as destiny. And the reason I just put it on honorable mention is because it's had so many ups and downs (laughs) over the course of the year uh, of the years um, that like, it's really kind of hard to quantify a specific place um, for me to put it on the list, but I, I feel like it absolutely has to be mentioned. I'm really excited for the future of it. We're coming out of one of these dark periods um, in it, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I really hope it's supported for a long time to come. Like, I hope it's like world of Warcraft where it just doesn't go away and they keep building on it and bringing more people in um, because I'm like, I, Unlike any other game like it, I've become really attached to my character. I've become really attached to the time I've spent in it. I've made a lot of good friends in it. Um, the combat's you know, also just really there. solid on its yeah. own. Yeah, Bun- yeah. Bungie, Bungie's games just don't feel like anything else out there. And I'm so excited to finally be able to play it at 60 FPS with a wide field of view once the next-gen update drops this fall. So, All right. Um, Jeff, that's me. Uh, my honorable mention, uh, which may, may ruffle some feathers, is uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. I understand the disappointment with Metal Gear Solid Five. I understand the problems. Do you though? Uh, but for me, um, you know, first of all, I didn't, I didn't spend years on forums uh, speculating on what might happen and how it might set up the other games. I kind of just went in and took what they gave me. The narrative wasn't the best in the series by far, um, but I was happy with it. Um, you know, I thought the story 
uh, I, I liked the kind of twist ending. I thought it was interesting, um, and it was fine. Like I, I thought uh, it serviced the game well enough. But the the reason I love this game isn't for its story. Uh, it's for the sandbox. It's for the mechanics. It is by far the best the series has ever played. And one thing I got the game got a lot of criticism for was the uh, empty open world. But like the open world in this game, I loved. It's not like Witcher Three where you're supposed to go and find towns and NPCs and like all this shit to like explore and discover. It's just literally uh, an expanded stealth tool or engagement tool for combat. So you can run halfway across the map on your horse and set up an ambush for these tanks that are coming through. And I just love that freedom. I love the base management. Um, at the time, its uh, visuals and performance were amazing. It was just it was just a fantastic presentation all around. Um, and yeah, it sucks uh, that we had to say goodbye to Hater and we got uh, Jack Bauer. But, uh, you know, Kojima gonna Kojima. Where are uh, but it, I, I put in probably 70 hours. Uh, I played it nonstop from front to finish. And a lot of different components of that game have just stuck with me over the years. And, uh, yeah, I, if there ever is another Metal Gear Solid, I, I hope it builds on the foundations uh, from that game, even if they can fix some of the flaws. So, you know, Jeff, I will say this. As somebody who has no shit actually ridden a horse through Afghanistan, um, it's pretty accurate. There's not a whole lot going on out there. So it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> wide open with with not a lot of not a lot of things happening. So that that's good. We got confirmation. In, the, in that sense, they nailed it. Uh, and then um, Finn's wife, Saki, uh, not really named Saki. That's just her nickname. So Finn, why don't you tell us what her what her honorable so, is? Well, it's not really so much her honorable mention is just this is her pick. She wanted at least one okay. pick because it's the SDG SDGC show. And if it does, mm. if Saki can't make it, then who does? And her pick her uh, is fire emblem. Three houses. It was a her noble choice. It was her very first fire emblem game ever. And she put in over a hundred hours and beat it multiple times during the, doing the different story paths. I was so proud of her. She was, she just, the, the plan was for her to start it and then me to play it. And then, she just never gave me the game. I just, she just kept playing. And so she truly loves fire emblem and the world must know. Awesome. So that's, that's it for those. We're going to get into the top 50 right away, but before we do, we just want to um, address something off the top. We talk a lot of, about a lot of the games industry has a lot of problems, right? We all know that um, we talk about them as often as we can on the show. We try to bring awareness to them. We simply don't have time to revisit those tonight, but we want to acknowledge that a lot of the games on this list uh, were made by um, developers, publishers, studios uh, that have problems, whether it's crunch, whether it's working conditions, whether it's sexual harassment, um, abuse, all, you name it, the whole gamut, right? And, um, you know, there's studios, I don't, I don't want to spoil the games. Um, you know who these studios are, and there's probably a lot that we don't know about. And we've talked about it before, and we will talk about it again when these topics come up and when they're when they're in the news again, and we will never um, stop pushing for change. But in the interest of time tonight, in the interest of the spirit of this discussion, we are just going to be focusing on the games themselves and the qualities within them. So by no means are we hand-waving these away. Um, we just wanted to, to hit that off the top. So with that said, should we get into the first five? Yeah, let's yeah, do it, man. Let's go. Yes. All right. So we're we're gonna we're gonna go through five games at a time, and then we're just gonna have like a a discussion period after that, where um, 
you guys can all just yell at each other and, and scream and do hell yeah, love that shit. <laughs> all right, so the the first five games um, are Horizon Zero Dawn, Control, The Wolf Among Us. Wait, what? Hold on, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Jackbox. Jackbox. Can you can you just put Jack- Jackbox like? It's like 18 yeah. of those games. Like, which one? It's a platform. Is it all of them? Because they that costs a lot more than... I don't know. I don't know about I, that. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like, I Jackbox gave us Pumpkin. So that's the... that I mean, Jackbox is clearly the best out of those five. Listen, like, listen. This Jackbox was my picks. All right. I mean, all right, it's, let's it's, talk about Jackbox ooh. for a minute. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I so, picked Jackbox oh, shit. because... Real quick, we got a problem. Here uh, we go. I don't want to name names, but someone on the podcast was confused by what the games of the generation was. And, and uh, chat saying Wolf Among Us <laughs> is last gen. Is technically last gen. Okay. Oh, it is. Oh, we'll give it. It was remastered, I think. No. It was released on no. 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 Okay. Okay. No. It came out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox <laughs> One in 2014. I'm going to count it. Is, was that? I, I, was didn't, that I, didn't, I wasn't the one that put it on there. So. You play it until this generation. Does that count? Because I did play it on PS4. We'll give it a pass. We're gonna give Spoiler it a pass. alert. John's going to bring up Final Fantasy VI fucking anyway. So. Oh, fuck yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, fuck, you're goddamn right I am. So which, 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 which one are we doing? Jackbox or are we doing The Wolf Among? Like, do I need to we're, swap we're, it we're out? We're going through... We're Defend going to all, all of them. Discussing all five. We haven't talked about any of them yet. So the reason why I put Jackbox is one, because all those games are fucking incredibly fun. Two, they are super, super important uh, during quarantine. So many people got together to play it on Zoom, on Discord, whatever. It was just a good come together game. And even before it was a good you know even before quarantine it's like it's what you did you go over to somebody's house you play jackbox you invite people over you play jackbox you play with your friends online jackbox it's one of the things where it's like if you're a board game nerd this is the way to get your board game fix with your friends that live like out of town so i love it it's continuously innovative so they keep releasing new games they're fun I've cried playing them and it's and it's different every time like a board game, right? So it's not like a traditional video game where you play, you beat it and you can go back through it and do different decisions and <clears throat> ultimately you get the same ending. No, it's everything is different and there's like five games in one game. Like what am I going to do? Pick a mini game? No, they're all fucking fantastic. So that is why I chose Jackbox. Jackbox is like and Among Us and stuff like that is what Mario Party could have been if Nintendo exactly. gave a shit. Mario Party, like... <laughs> what a fucking missed Yeah, it could have been this, but they... <laughs> yeah. Instead, they give shitty online mode. We don't we don't talk about Mario Party here. I will, I will say that <laughs> in regards to... We talk about to... Super Mario Party, which was our number one pick. Yeah. I will say that in regards to uh, Control, what right was in that list of games? Yes. Yes, yeah, Control. If there's any single moment this generation that I wish I could re-experience blind. Maybe not necessarily a game, but a moment. It's the ashtray maze. I keep hearing that from people. My dude. Control is a good game. It's a very good game, but it is worth it. Even if it was not a good game, it would be worth it just for the fucking ashtray maze. I still have not even played this game. The ashtray maze is really cool because somebody... 
somebody just saying the phrase ashtray maze, you'll only know the location. But when you get to the moment, you do not see it coming. What people are expecting. No. And it's the one of the coolest fucking gameplay sequences in any game I've ever played. But on top of that, control just fucking rules. I love that the vibe of that game. The game, the core gameplay combat loop is so good. Control was a better game. Absolutely, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Control, bro. The ashtray maze was so good; it made my ass cheeks clench for like seven minutes straight. It was incredible. (laughs) So when I got to that point, because you know I had heard about the ashtray maze. So when I actually got to that point, I was like, "Is it going to be fucking hard? Like, what's going?" And I'm not going to say anything. Like, I'm not going to say what happens. Like. Because you just have to experience it for yourself. But when I got to that part, I literally just like I paused and I put the controller down and I just started laughing because it was not at all what I was fucking <laughs> expecting. Like it's so, it's so good. fucking good. And I'm, I have, so- like don't get me wrong, I have my my issues with control. I think the story is it's not bad, but it's you know it's it's. It's, it's 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 there's a reason why it wasn't in my top three games. It's the of first the season of a of a web series original that gets canceled in its second season. Like you know right, what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So the voice acting, I don't really like the main character's voice acting. I'm sorry. I'm sure you all probably love it. I wasn't a fan of it. Talk about um, Horizon. <laughs> Talk about Horizon. We'll get there. Horizon's good. Horizon's good. We'll get there. We're talking about control right now. It's like, yeah, so I think overall control is the <laughs> gameplay is super fucking fun. Like the gameplay, the gameplay alone deserves to be on that list. It is so fucking fun. Like, it, like after I beat the game, I immediately purchased DLC just so I could keep leveling up to keep using mm. abilities and get more new abilities and like level everything up. It's just so fucking fun. I so like I said, I haven't played this yet. Um, I know that it's available to stream on Switch now. I, I I'm assuming John, don't John, I, I swear on, I will on. come over there if you only wow. play a stream. Wow. If you just stream, Justin, control. Justin is that's a visceral reaction from Justin. <laughs> You're what a I was PS4 say, pro, Justin. John. What, what I was gonna say, though, what I was gonna say was I'm going to play it on PS4. Pro and not switch, Justin. It's okay. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna handle For this. Don't worry okay. about it. Of, co- of course you had to mention was, but of course you had not to, bad. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. I was just kidding. Of course, just John had to mention that hey, there's some kind of switch thing. Of course, I'm a Nintendo, I'm a Nintendo guy. What do you want from me? I want I also want to give a shout out to the janitor because he was the best character in that game. Adi rules. <laughs> he was so good. I think um, I want to say a quick word on Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, yes, me too. because I, I am a uh, I am a recent uh, a relatively recent convert to Pokemon um, and uh, I went back and played you know I went back and played Sapphire and Omega Ruby and you know uh, Black and Silver I I went back and pl- re- kind of retroactively played everything Sword and Shield um, and you know we have to talk about the you know uh isle of armor and crown tundra which is something that pokemon has never done like actual dlc campaigns i i i love this way i i love the direction that that uh game freak is taking this and i think it's i think this is probably going to be the model for pokemon going forward uh I, i really hope it is because i would love i would love for there to be just one pokemon 
platform with continual updates and continual additions. I think add regions as they come, like, you know, add, uh, you know, add, uh, you know, you've got Galar now. Add, Get uh, out of here. That's what I, I, I would love it personally. No, not you, Derek, shaking his oh, head. Shaking it's his not head. happening, bud. Um, it's not I, happening. I, no. Probably not. Probably not. But at, at the same time, like, I'm going through Crown Tundra right now. And no, uh, from the chat, no, I have not fucking caught Registeel no. yet. Uh, but <laughs> fucking the, uh, but I will say that uh, Crown Tundra is so much better and so much more satisfying than Olive Armor is. And there's an actual story behind it. There's it's it's long. There's a lot to it. It's got a cool the himbo. Exploring like that's right. what I've been. So if y'all don't know, I live in New Orleans area, and I was without power last night and a good chunk of this morning. And that's all I did was play Pokemon. And the Crown Tundra. There's just it. It's so big to explore. It's and really big. Where like the Isle of Armor was tiny. You go and to you two can, towers, you can, like you can finish the Isle of Armor in like an hour. Yeah, like I mean, there wasn't so, much to it. I love, I love, I love the Crown Tundra because there's so much to do. Like not only story wise, but like side quests, catching new Pokemon. Like it's just, it's so good, and it makes you revisit like the other, you know, yeah. the three legendary birds. You have to go back to um, the starting area and the previous expansion. So it's it's just really cool how they did it. Like. It's the first Pokemon game to have DLC, so to have DLC and make you go revisit places is really cool. Right. Um, it, 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 it makes Galar feel more like a living, breathing region uh, yes. than anything else. It breathes life into the series. Like It really Pokemon does. Pokemon doesn't just feel so, like, I don't know, like, single... I, I, I don't know. You play a Pokemon game, and it's like, okay, great, we're going to be in this world. Like, we're never going to visit it again, you know? Whereas Galar region, you know, you keep going to new places, so... That's, yeah, Finn, no, I... Finn, you wanted to say something about uh, Horizon yes. Zero Dawn. Finn we wanted to talk about, about Horizon. I mean, I just, I love me some Horizon, and if Brittany hadn't picked this game like an absolute champ, then I probably would have had it on my list. I just, uh, the story of Aloy it. fighting dinosaur, robot dinosaurs, the twist at the end, and just every plot reveal about how that world came to be was just phenomenal. And we were just Aloy was such a good character she too. Really was. And the quality like, of Pokemon's expansions are amazing. But you know what? Horizon had an incredible piece of DLC, and so I, I it, it's very rare for me to go back into a game after I'm done with it. And I definitely did with Aloy. So, and well, I, you know what, Finn? Finn, like, um, I, I'm sorry, Justin. Go ahead, please. This is Horizon is one of those games that from the second we got like leaked concept art from it. Something about it just kind of captured my imagination. Like this was something that was ripped from my like dreams uh, and brought real. And I remember just being so impressed with the reveal of it because I still think it's one of the best game reveals that I've ever seen. It had, you know, an initial kind of mysterious trailer section. Then it cut right to gameplay. And that gameplay was... Aloy fighting a Thunderjaw, which is a giant robot T-Rex. Which is a, like, like, they didn't, like enemy they fight didn't, in the game. It's so funny. Yeah, they <laughs> did, and they didn't they didn't save that. They showed us that right off the bat, and then they showed some more like story stuff right afterwards. And like just the design of the machines is so complex. There's so many different ways to take them on. The way they animate is amazing because they look like like convincing enough like animals, but just mechanical enough that you can tell that 
you know, they're not natural. There, there are um, a few things the more size of them than blasting is incredible. a cannon off a robot T-Rex, picking it up and firing it right into its fucking mouth. Like yes. I, Oh, yes. and so, and plus like Justin, Justin and Finn specifically, this was the first game that I played on PS4 that really made me go, okay, this is next gen shit right here. Like this is, this is the next generation. It was the, one of the most beautiful games I had ever seen up to that point. I think um, the um the thing I loved about it, uh, I mean the gameplay is good, but like you know if you guys know me, like I I mostly play games for the story, you know I, I the gameplay is just kind of there, um and I liked, I was really interested in how the world came to be and what happened that to get mm -hmm. to this point, and I don't uh, honestly audio logs and shit usually bores me to tears in games. I could not give a shit about finding an audio recording somewhere, um uh, but the ones in Horizon, I don't know if it was the um the delivery on the voice acting or the writing. Uh, but I found them absolutely fascinating, and yep. it it felt 100%. like reading a book. Like, when I read a book, I can get a very clear image in my head and what happened. And I love that the game never actually showed you a flashback to what happened. It was all told through like holograms or audio diaries and things like this. And yet, I still have a crystal clear picture of how that went down. And it was so haunting and so well done. And I just uh, it it's, it it made those reveals just hit even harder. Um, Shout out to Apaka Shitstorm. <laughs> and on on one just on one note with that is there is one log that describes why we have giant robot dinosaurs, and they somehow managed to write it in a way that it made me emotional for why these exist. Yeah, and I never expected it to be anything other than. Oh, we gotta put in giant fucking robot dinosaurs. Um, like they actually made it really relevant right. and really poignant, and I, I loved that story it, so. hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to. It really oh, absolutely did. incredible game, incredible game. I can't wait for the next one. What? So I'm just gonna say a real quick bit on it, and then we can go to the next, what's next. Uh, so I'm the type of person that I get more excited about remakes than I do actual games. Like, I have to actually play a game for me to, like, get into it. I can't watch a trailer of a new game and be excited. But Horizon is the one trailer that I watched. It had a female character. She fucking shot bows and arrows. Like, I immediately was like, oh, my God, I need to play this game. So when it came out, it came out at the same time as Mass Effect Andromeda. So I played Andromeda first. <clears throat> and then... Notice that's not on my list. I played Andromeda first. And then I played Horizon... At I think afterwards and horizon. So Aloy as a character is fucking wonderful, especially as a female character, because she just, she's there. There's no love interest. There's no, like, she's just, she's just a character and she doesn't feel like the female character. You know, she feels like a main character without having all those attachments to her. So that's what I really loved was having a female character that wasn't just the side character or the girl with big boobs and no armors. Like she was dressed like a character would be in that world. And it was so fucking refreshing to have something like that. Um, you know, you have like Tomb Raider and stuff, but she still got like skin tight clothes. So, but Horizon did it good, and it it was just refreshing to have that out of a female character. So that is why it's on my list. Well said. All right, not, not just why, but everybody else listed mm. why. But no, no, very, very well said. Um, I mean, the sequel looks amazing. So hopefully, uh, it can live up to the legacy of the first game. All right, so. 
Our next five games are going to be Doom Eternal. Not Doom 2016. Interesting. Doom Eternal. Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch, Until Dawn, The Missing. Uh, there's a subtitle there that I'm not going to read because it's really long. And Tales from the Borderlands. <laughs> okay, so this five is just all my five. <laughs> Literally, these are all mine. Yeah, uh, since we're mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just. Oh, yeah, okay, I okay. I, that's how we're doing it. All right. We gotta talk about. We gotta talk about until dawn. We gotta talk about until dawn. We until didn't talk about Wolf like Among Us, but it's fine. We can yeah. go. Until I mean, that's dawn was what... such a surprise. This, like nobody really saw it coming. Such a. And it just came out. It was and... a game that was oh. just like it was like when it was announced. It was like, oh, okay. There's just gonna be some kind of you know, like. Quantic Dream style game that's a slasher, and then it came out, and everyone's like, "Holy crap!" Like it, it took what Quantic Dream kind of started and made it so much better. It's like if Quantic um, Dream was the good. character writing. Yeah, <laughs> the the character writing was so good; it was so entertaining. Um, and the twist they throw in, you know, partway through is so good. There's so many different ways for things to play out, and the moments where it's just like hold still and like you're getting you're in the middle of like getting chased but your character's hiding and you have to hold the controller as still as possible or else they like fall out of the closet that they're hiding in or something or make a noise and get um and get caught there's such great moments like that game just i'm i'm been a big horror fan for a long time and like it did both slasher and then you know the late game stuff, which I don't want to spoil. If you plus, I just, it, I just want to say this game's going to be in this game's going to be in the PlayStation Plus collection if you get a PS5. <gasps> so plus. if you haven't checked it out, as long as you have a sub to Plus, you can play it. It's one of the twenty-something the games only, that are on the there. The only disadvantage to this thing being on PlayStation Five for PS no Plus camera? is that no, it loses that really cinematic feel that the frame rate has. Uh, like it, you, know, you mean it, running between it, like forty and fifty <laughs> <laughs> directly <laughs> in the in the. Best in the Adam's apple, John. Do it. You can actually do that next Dawn. week, so please do so, it. So, <laughs> the best thing about Until Dawn was that the camera captured your reaction at certain moments and didn't tell you it was going to. What camera? If, if you, you have, have a PlayStation, PlayStation camera. If you, if you have the PlayStation uh, camera. It records yeah. your reactions during certain jump scares, so I was treated to my extremely ridiculous... Uh, scared reaction, which I was not expecting to see, and let me tell you, it was not graceful. I just what, I, what I thought it? it was going to be like a super cheesy game, and like it kind of was, but it didn't take itself seriously. But like it was actually just really fucking good. Like there was some genuine creepy shit in there, and uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't at all what I was expecting in a good way. It, it was just so, it was just so much more clever than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I loved it for that. So what? So these these are all mine, I guess. Yeah. So, yo, what, let's what talk, were the other ones? Justin, I think me and you might be the only people here who played The Missing, uh, JJ Macfield and the Island of Lost okay, Memories. Probably. I barely have. I want to. I want to talk about that one too. That yeah, I'm that was credits. a game. That was <laughs> that was the first game I ever got to review. Um, and I remember I was struggling with what I was going to do with that review for a while. Because I thought parts of it were frustrating, performance was bad. There were some, there were some really good story beats, but I felt, you know, kind of mixed on it. And then I got to the ending, and I was full on bawling 
ugly tears. Ugly tears. Just like uh, an hour straight. I have like hardly any piece of fiction has made me cry the way that The Missing does. And that game opens up with, um, you know, a statement. It's like this game was made with the belief that no one is wrong for being who they are. And it really Absolutely. sells it. And once you and once you realize, like, just the thought that's been put into a lot of the themes and symbolism and stuff, and it all comes together, it's it's such a brilliant game. And I thought it was a really important game. And it was one of the most emotional games of the generation for me. It's something that I'm not going to forget. And I think it deserved a shout out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it's it's just a, a beautiful game. It's it's a bit janky and a bit weird to play. It's kind of just a weird indie walky puzzle game. Violent puzzle platformer. But yeah. violent but, puzzle platformer. Yeah, but I mean the ending really puts a lot of it into context and it's just it's it's suddenly like everything snaps into place in a very like, oh fuck way that that you might see coming. It's it's not like it's it's impossible to see but it's it's very much like a a, a twist I, I look i, I don't want to say too much it's very good you should play it it is well worth the journey i love um, that okay. i love that tales from the borderlands is on here like uh <laughs> games try to be funny and a lot of times i just find that they aren't but tales from the borderlands is genuinely funny i think it's uh, I really like actually Telltale's take on Batman, but Tales from the Borderlands is like, uh, I think still their best game. And <laughs> I would agree with that. It's the only like, time Borderlands has been funny. Yeah, like going into this, I was like, I don't give a shit about Borderlands. I'm like, holy fuck, I like cried during this game. It's just so good. I never played so Tales. Good. I wanted to, but I never did. I might have liked good. three it, better if okay. I actually. I had to put I had to put it on here because I think it's the funniest like I, pure comedy game. This, is, that this I've might ever be played. a stupid question. There, this might be a stupid question. I I literally can't remember. It's been years since I played it. Was oh. Vasquez voiced by uh, Patrick Warburton? Yes. yes, he was. God, oh, I, I, I'm a huge Patrick Warburton it's, fan. Yeah, that, how could you not be? The whole game it, it's it's really it's really hilarious. And I like on. Before Borderlands 3, I think Borderlands 3 was kind of a shark jumping moment for the writing in the series, but I kind of defended it for a while before then. But Tales actually really took... It doesn't feel out of place for Borderlands. That's the thing that's so impressive, is it feels totally... It totally works for the the themes and the tone that that series usually goes for. It's just incredibly fucking clever, funny, amazing voice performances. Like the timing of all the lines is great. It's, it's a delight to play through. It's so funny. Um, and the character is so good. Like scooter, man, like who would have thought we'd give a shit about scooter. (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a shame that Chris Hardwick turned out to be a complete piece of shit. But otherwise, yeah. I'm like yeah, that's what ruined. Yeah, but we said we yeah. want to read from yep. that unfortunate that's, stuff. That's that's endemic to the game industry. There is no ethical consumption yeah, of capitalism, well, I, and I there is no ethical games. gaming <laughs> under the gaming industry. I, f- I feel like there's a few games on this list that we can go before. Right, wait, but before we we switch, okay. I just want to say Big B Wolf is one of the hottest protagonists ever. Big B Wolf can Big get B. it and give it. Yeah, exactly. Big B, 
Yeah. Are you talking about his wolf form or his normal form? I mean, I don't I mean human picky. form, but I am I not mean... here to judge the furries, okay? They have no, their shit. I'm not right. totally into it, but I'm, not into, an but I'm not into feet either, and some people are, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Tales, Tales, Tales from the Borderlands and Wolf Among Us are my two favorite Telltale games. So, but I just put down... Tales Thank because you. It hadn't been mentioned Thank yet, you, so. Finn. That is okay. the only You're video welcome. game that has made me want to go read a comic. Ooh. All right. So uh, another one that about, was. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry. That was, so I'll, I'm just gonna go to the next one. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Oh. This game actually came up really high on our best games oh. of all time list. Yeah. Um, this is a break game that you. Take, I mean, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that kind of takes game narratives being an endless parade of death and puts it into such a meaningful context. And there's a level of beauty and optimism in how this game looks at death you keep, you and keep familial relationships. You want it to get better. And like familial relationships. And it's just, it's really, really, Again, this is just one that's really, really, really special to me. I actually started um, this is playing one. this game because I watched Derek and Martha stream it. Oh, yeah. And I actually left the stream because I wanted to experience it for myself. I... So, and I did. And it, like, because I went home and I was like, this is a game I need to play. I didn't even know it existed until Derek streamed it. So shout out to Derek for giving giving I... me the. Uh, Yo, the cannery in Edith Finch is, is a, a fucking master class in storytelling no, as, i mean as a I, I agree with you but a, as a father the bathtub that's a uh, too. really oh so, it's, a, I, it's a part, on it's the a flip side when you are a shark rolling down a snow hill <laughs> no, no, that, no, is, that is so I, good it's a really I, hard the game talk about without spoiling anything that's it, yeah, it, yeah it I, I don't want to spoil but, it but there's a the, there's one moment where there's a music cue that popped right. up and they got an official licensed song yes. at one point that is used so well. Exactly and it just put it. a huge smile on my face. Like every level of this game plays different. It uses the medium of video games really, really game. well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variety in how you interact with every level. It's not hard. You know, it's a narrative based thing. I don't even know if there's, real fail states or anything but there's a lot of room for experimentation um it's probably like three hours long that, i would say if that um, you can play it in a single play i play. highly you could play it in a single session and i highly recommend absolutely you do it it's one of it, those games that you just have to really experience for yourself every, everybody knows that i love to replay games that that mean a lot to me like you know final fantasy 6 there it is or Chrono Trigger, or or you know, like like I wait. Is, are you just trying to get your quota in with this? Well, right now, well, no, I just not 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 in this instance. I just took the advantage. Uh, Resident Evil Four, I play every year. Uh, Uncharted Three, I play constantly. But as much as I loved What Remains of Edith Finch, I never want to play it again because yeah. because it would you don't need to well it would re- i feel like it would lessen the impact that it had on me the one time that i played it after i finished it i sat there and like a quick shout out to the soundtrack in this game jesus talk about mood setting um but i sat there and listened to that music in the dark for an hour and just thought about what i had seen and experienced and that was when like i know this is cliched and hokey to say but that that i mean 
it just reinforced the fact to me that video games are in fact art and what what remains of edith finch is a prime example of an art form nailed it uh I, there are and and because it it hit me harder emotionally than any movie ever has because in a film you are a passive observer in a video game you are an active participant and so and 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 to be a part of that world and this family and their tragedy just completely overwhelmed me what right, um, okay, so my last one my last one is doom eternal um and I, I think I might be the only one that loves it as much no, here. So, um, I, I was just fucking pl- love playing... Doom Eternal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was playing the DLC this week. Hard as fuck DLC, by the way. Um, but it's awesome. So this game, this game is, I think, the closest thing that first-person shooters have had to like a character action game. The way it flows is so different. You, you're managing your chainsaw. Uh, you're, you're. Your um, flamethrower, your freeze grenades, your your glory kills your on top of ammo, punch. and what? Yeah, blood punch. Yeah, Ugh. it's so over the top and silly. <laughs> um, but the sense of locomotion and speed, and just the way combat flows is outstanding. There's nothing else like it. I immediately just get into this zone where I am. I'm moving faster than I do in any other game. I am I am spinning around and shooting enemies faster than I ever have before. I'm switching weapons. It's almost subconscious. I'm not paying attention to what the actual cooldowns are because I know and can feel when they're going to appear. Like there's platforming, there's climbing, and it's just it's it can be overwhelming well, I was but if say, it clicks it's funny it's that you wonderful. say that because just like reading your tweets about it like you've been so frustrated but it's one of those <laughs> things where you cannot put down so it's like i see oh, you yeah, no. like oh god like this is hard i shouldn't do this and then you just keep <laughs> tweeting about it so the, I, the I, DLC... that's how i know it's good because it's like it's one of those challenges that just like you want to keep going like you're not going to give up kind of thing the DLC is amazing because it's like straight up malicious game design. Like a lot of people complained about the difficulty of Doom Eternal. And basically what it did is take down every one of their complaints in detail and made sure they put all of those things into the first level of the <laughs> DLC and then made the other two levels way, way harder. <laughs> um, it's like it's it's antagonistic design but it's like you can tell they knew what they were doing with some of these encounters because you just look at and you're like are you guys serious but then you get through it and then the next encounter they do something else like that it's so much fun doom eternal (laughs) is both things that i wanted out of a sequel to doom 2016 which is a it gave us kind of a a hokey like actual story that played paid a lot of love to doom 2 specifically which is what i really kind of wanted because doom 2 always gets overlooked i feel like by casual fans um and then uh fucking that gameplay loop i mean once you add in all these different functions all the resource management the the layers upon layers of complexity in combat doom eternal did the same thing that doom 2016 did to me all over again which is it taught me to enter this weird sort of completely reactionary state where me and the game were one and I was just aggressive and I was going to murder. I am not like a capital G gamer. Okay. I don't have 
gamer fits. Well, you're on a gaming podcast. That's, that's, so well, okay, right. And I get harassed by the gamers game. regularly. But like, there is just something about the oh. way Doom gets my fucking blood pumping that I'm like, it's a very like, oh, not to reference a fucking when the music kicks in, when the music kicks in yes. in some of these encounters. It's like it's like Watchmen. You're all trapped in here with me and with me. Let's fucking go. The Marauder. Everybody on the internet was like, mm, the Marauder's really hard and makes me think differently about how I play the game. And meanwhile, they throw two Marauders at me, and I'm just like, yes, it's, it's time to fucking go. So I fucking loved doom eternal i i have no feedback on how to make it a better game it's just i like that they added the old games into the game right like the original games like i don't know anything about doom but i know they added those in because i played the older doom games (laughs) so i like that that for me was like that's fucking awesome (laughs) yeah all right so we're gonna move to the next five Mm -hmm. um what do we got here these See, are good wait, games. No, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let John go next. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no. Why, what's next? John, did you wait. change your list after I changed my list? Of course I fucking did. Okay, good. Let John go next. There's so, reasons. Okay, we're doing those games then? Yeah, let's yes. fine. Let's, let's go for it. Okay. Doing John? All right, all right. Um, but again, these, these are group picks, right? Like, it's, uh, it's yeah. just a... Uh, so we got... All right, our next five games... Our Metroid Samus Returns, Resident Evil 2, Link's Awakening Remake, yes. Final Fantasy 15, boo, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, boo. Which okay, I want to so point out, all, I want to point out, we aren't you. ranking games, but John had Breath of the Wild as his last final lowest ranked game. I and mean, you were Could it be that it was the last one that. to come to mind because it was forgettable? No, it's just I, I, I wasn't really putting anything in a specific order. So sorry, sorry, fellas. Here comes uh, the spice. So, so here's a deal. I learned in the middle of this podcast that Derek had like a like a like a chud removed Resident Evil Two. It was a hard choice, man. List. It was a hard choice. List. No, Derek, there are Derek, there are no hard choices. There are only hard answers. And my hard answer was to get rid of of Dark Souls Three, which I love. And 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 give, absolutely, and give, and give Leon and Claire their, their due. I support but you. But you could have remake better. of a Game Boy Color game that is unchanged, other than the fact that no. it looks like it's made next, out of Derek. Mega Blocks. How fucking here, dare uh, you for I will search. Uh, uh, Miyazaki. I will. Like, no, I will I'm saying, John. Def- I will help defend Link's Awakenings honor. Two, so, I will two help of your Link's games, Awakenings three honor. of your okay. games are remakes. One of them is literally a Game Boy Color game that did not change in gameplay. And one of them is Final Fantasy 15. When I get there for extra life, I remake your fucking face. How about that? How can I do that? But you know what? Okay, when your taste so in remakes, it will be exactly the same. Uh, oh, great. So, okay. Hey, Derek, at least Link's Awakening had structure and fun. Other Can I talk about the my other... fucking games no. or not? Yeah, no, John, please. Please. <laughs> please. Okay. I want to hear John, about how awesome Resident Evil 2 is. I'm going to stop giving you shit. Resident Evil 2! So, Resident Evil 2. Remake of the original game of PlayStation that came out in 1998, I believe. 
Uh, Resident Evil 2 took what was already a great game, but something that was archaic and difficult to play now, and made it beautiful. And uh, of course, John's games bring out the shouting. Um, yes, they do. I love all of you. Um, but uh, Resident Evil 2 uh, took a classic game and made it made it eminently playable scary for a new generation and hot i mean it was scary like oh yeah hot like, for fucking sure what the there fuck was y'all nothing resident evil 2 horny was, there was nothing more stress inducing for me uh or a few things more stress inducing for me in games this year than hearing mr x thud around the on the floor his music, like, music is so oh, fucking oh, good oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and uh yeah like i get that he's just a big tall version of me in a trench coat but but when he <laughs> when he's storming down the hallway at you, like it's like the first time you see it, it's fucking pants shitting. John Bud, you like, don't you, look like a ball sack. So when he lifts up that wait, when, the, when, when he, he lifts, lifts up the helicopter, helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, and I love Leon's reaction. He's like, "Holy shit!" Like that's exactly. Claire does the same shit. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly she's, she's what, the better character to play. As. And so Claire, I believe Claire is the better character to play as as well. And I also I prefer her campaign just because I I think uh, I think it makes more sense to fight William Birkin at the end than it does you know uh, Mister X you know the tyrant. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was so much meat to that game, so much replayability uh, that you know. I just, I it was a it was an exemplary horror experience and one of my favorite games. Gen- I played it like I played through it seven fucking times. I mean, it was on my like, game of the year, one. game of the generation list before I had to to make the hard choice to cut it. So like, I give you shit, but it's so fucking good. It is the perfect yeah, so perfect really combination of horror and action in Resident Evil at this point. It's the best best one. It's yeah. It's straight up one of the few video game remakes it's that I think is absolutely well. Not just not just that, but I think it perfectly toes the line between what do we keep similar to the original, what do we modernize, what do we make new, and like I don't think there was anybody that was disappointed with changes that were made in all. Resident Evil Two. There was no purists that were upset with it, and it was more accessible and more fun for newcomers. It was incredible. Um, it was one of the most impressive re- I mean it it was a new game built from the ground up like it looked at the original as like okay this is what we have to move and right. this is you know it looked to the original for inspiration but it was a brand new game um the trailer again we've we've mentioned so many times that Capcom has been on such a hot streak the past few years and like this is one of the hottest games of their hot so streak I, I I won't um I, I, I I'm gonna try to get through my list as quickly as possible because uh, I know we've got a lot to uh, we still got so much fucking more to talk about we got another hour and a half of this shit um but we got uh, more than an hour and a half we're gonna be here another three fucking hours buddy um (laughs) link's awakening not a whole lot to say on this one it's a it's a one-to-one remake of the original but one it's fucking gorgeous i love the aesthetic of link basically looking like like they're like little toys and um it it makes so like more than any other remake i've played there are so many quality of life uh, additions to Link's Awakening, like in the original, like if you wanted to equip a new item, like like you know, you had to get out, you had to go to the menu, unequip your sword, equip a fucking item in your sword slot, and then when you wanted to bring your sword back, you had to go back into the menu, put your fucking sword back on, go back. There was so much, and today replaying the Game Boy version is tedious and horrible. You um, know what makes it great? The fact that your weapons don't fucking break. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's a fun game to play. When you get into a fight, you don't want to hate yourself. I know, right? Yeah, but no, don't worry. We'll get to Breath of the Wild. Um, oh, but, uh, Link's Awakening was actually my first Zelda game ever. Really? What? And no, not not the remake. The remake. Oh, the original oh, okay. Link's Awakening. <laughs> Where's that rock no, you've been living under? No, no, I've I've been a Zelda fan for a long say, time, which I, is why I have about the Minish Cap. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Which, which is why I have opinions on recent Zelda games. But um, Link's Awakening was really great. It just was so fun and refreshing for me to revisit the game. I loved just, I loved how I loved the new visual style, and I loved how faithful it was to the original game. It was just super nice to right. revisit. And I'm glad, I'm glad a lot of new people got to check it out. So, um, Hey, before we finish, I just want to get my two cents in that links awakening. I thought ran like, butt and gave me a headache. So I didn't play it. Well, that stopped. sounds like a Jeff Meyer problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it no, was that's really a Nintendo problem. problem. I get it. Complaint. That's a legit Nintendo complaint. games like, typically run very good and are very polished. And I was just really disappointed. They with should the, have, um, they should have the switch can't run a game boy color game. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, John, do you want to tell I us about another switch. remake? I just had to. Oh, don't worry, gonna... we play Wii U games real well. I'm gonna run you. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Please uh, just talk but... about another video game. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love you, Derek. So, uh, Final Fantasy 15. Um, I understand that it's you know it's a divisive game. You know, some people love it, some people hate it. Uh, but what I will say is that as somebody who uh, lost his best friend to suicide a few years ago and is going to lose another best friend to cancer. Um, you know, the the story of just a bunch of bros on a road trip really resonated with me. Um, you know, minus the... I mean, you know, yeah, it's a Final Fantasy game and I love Final Fantasy, but the relationship between the bros uh, really was something that, that that stuck home for me. I played this after after, you know, after I lost Joel, my best friend of 20 years. And, uh, you know, we used to, you know, we used to take, we used to take long road trips. And so this is something that really, really stuck with me. Plus I, I love the combat. I love the characterization. Um, and, uh, Arden is one of the best series villains and I will fight anybody who disagrees. Arden's fine. Uh, Arden is a great, and Darren DePaul voices him with such smarmy. Darren oils. DePaul is just. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, hello. I was just I fucking love I fucking love that character. I love you everything hated about him, him immediately. Like oh, yeah, so yeah. Good. He was very he was very Kefka like in the yeah. sense that he's one of the only Final Fantasy villains who actually won. Like he he won. He plunged the world into darkness for ten years. Um, yeah, love that fucking game. Um, Can I uh, talk about like why I didn't yes, like the game? Please. So I I finished fifteen. I platinumed it. Um, I love Gladio. I, I love the the cast. The cast is wonderful. That's not the issue. My issue is you have this main female character. Yeah, they handled Luna Freya badly. Spoilers, she dies. And without really and then, immediately and then, after showing immediately up. After yeah. like, showing immediately up. after meeting her. So, yeah. so the only female characters you left is one, two people that can't join your party. One that does briefly, Aranea, who I love her. Aranea should have been a party member. Like, Oh, God, I love Aranea. And then Cindy, who works on your car in shorts and, and has cleavage, which, as a bisexual woman, is not bad to look at, but as also, you just wish there were better, better representations out of female characters. Like I said about Aloy, like I was like, oh god, yeah. it's like so. 
bro trip, not bad. I don't like how they handled female characters. They were 100% eye candy and emotional fucking puppets. And I hate that. that. Again, I platinum the game. I love the gameplay. You know... As, be- Plus, as like, much as I didn't like the story, like I, I kept going, I kept playing. I'll also but- say this, Brittany. Like as much as I love the game, it's a top three Final Fantasy for me. But the the way they handled Luna Freya made her relationship with Noctis yeah, completely unbelievable for me. Like, like before, I like, beat I the game. I got her necklace, the one with the 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 like half moon on it, and then she, she died, and I was like, yeah. I did, why do I, 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 what, what, what purpose did she serve? Yeah, I was not invested in their relationship at she all. Got free. I, um, food in that game looked good I, as hell, though. I, I, like oh, the, like, oh, the, the I don't real relate food, food but daddy can we talk, real, can we talk about how on. good the characters looked in that game? The real, rela- the real romance in that game were the bros. No. I really liked no, the first like, half of the game. Like I felt like it was more Yeah, the first half was good. And like you just kind of had some downtime. Like I, I felt like it was really well paced, and I feel like it just lost the plot in the second half. And exactly, I finished the I game, it, but I liked but it. But like looking the back, the moment on you it, hit that French town, like things just like hit 150 well, miles per hour, and you're like, "What is happening?" I don't usually complain about boss fights. The Leviathan boss fight was straight up like that game was fucking broken during that fight for me. Like I was warping like under the water and Combat into a wall. Work in and like, fifteen, I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> I don't know, but like so, so, I, I enjoyed wait, the game overall. Okay. Just the, the second okay. half really soured me. Hold on, one more thing on Final Fantasy 15. One more thing for me on Final Fantasy 15. Before we get to Final Fantasy 16, yeah. right? Exactly. Wait, no, Finn um, has something to say. Wait, hold Finn, on, go. Finn, go ahead. No, no, I just I haven't gotten to say anything about 15. I also platinumed it. Uh, I think it is a solid Final Fantasy game. Uh, I just wish that most of its major plot beats didn't feel like you missed a book or a movie about it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad Final Fantasy. I just think it's 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 on the lower. It spent tier of ten Final years Fantasy. getting fucked around a room, and you can mm-hmm. kind of tell. You can tell. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? This is so I don't blame it. So this the is most not amazing... about shit all over John's favorite games. No, no I, yeah, think exactly. I think it's a so great for game. For me, how Final Fantasy 16 so, is our game of well, next gen and move on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For... There's one more thing I want to say about Final Fantasy 15, and it's this. I did have a moment where I dropped the controller and stormed out of the room in disbelief and anger. But it's not the so moment when Jared that you died. No, no, not at all. Rest in peace, Jared. We'll never forget you. Who's no. Jared? Apps in the chat for no. Jared. So yeah, please, spam, yeah, spam Derek, spam Derek in the chat for Derek. Or for for Jared, but who the is moment I, Jared? The moment, the moment. See, that's the whole point. The moment that I, <laughs> the moment that I dropped my controller and yelled in rage and stormed out, is when Gladio told me with a straight fucking face. After all, cup noodles are chosen. Or shrimp are chosen from over sixty varieties for their flavor and shape. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> fucking shit." <laughs> John, that's that's what made you out of all John, the shit. That's what made you drop your controller. Yes, there are no way cup noodle shrimp are chosen from 60 varieties for their flavor or shape. That's Yo, bullshit. Fuck food in that game, though, man. Oh, God. Oh, the food looked so I, amazing. So I've never wanted fish and <laughs> chips more in my life. <laughs> yeah, like... Justin, did uh, you have something on 15? Because we gotta move I, on. I mean, it's it's yeah, one of those games on. that I think has a lot of flaws, but I ended up liking it quite a bit, even though I can acknowledge all of those flaws are valid. Like, exactly. it's one of those games that I think I like more than maybe it deserves, but I really enjoyed my time with it. I have over 100 hours in that game, so it's... Me too, I have 150. Yeah, yeah same. 
Um, uh, real quick, my last two, uh, Metroid Samus Returns. Just, I, I just love oh, Hell yeah. I love Metroid. Yep. Uh, and this was a great remake of a game that, like, going back to play the original uh, Return of Samus on Game Boy is you really can't. difficult. It's impossible. It has not, yeah, it has not held up well. This makes it accessible to everybody. It's the best looking game on 3DS by a country mile. It's the best 2D uh, Metroid, it, hands down. I would say Mer- Mercury, Mercury Steam did an yeah. awesome, awesome job stepping up. To make they a really 2D Metroid did. game, they really I, I, I hate to get nitpicky, but it just still fucking drives me up the wall that this didn't come out on Switch because Switch, the Switch was yeah. already out, and I wanted to play this. Yeah, and why didn't I, it come out on Switch? I don't. Because Nintendo. Nintendo. But how is it still not on Switch? That's what I don't get. I mean, you could easily, you could easily port this game to Switch. I mean, it it it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a huge undertaking. So, but having said that. It's still, like Derek said, a top tier 2D Metroid. It's the best. And uh, and plus, I, w- I won't ruin it, but that surprise new final boss fight. Fusion. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, kind of gave it gave you that Zelda experience that I that I had wanted for a long time, which is just here's Hyrule, go out and do whatever the fuck you want. And there are so many way- fun and creative ways to break that game. Like if you have never. Uh, if you've never cast stasis on a tree and beat the shit out of it, then stood on it and sailed across the entirety of the central <laughs> plateau, then you haven't really lived. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild, uh, I won't spend too long on this one uh, because we could talk for two hours about the nuances of Breath of the Wild. Uh, but it is it is the best Zelda game for me, period. And I'm somebody who Zelda is in my top five series of all time. Uh, I just, I love that game. I've got, I've, I've got, what 250 hours in that game i fucking love it i love it i, I just real quick want to follow the, yeah you uh just really quick i want to follow that up i also think it's the best zelda game and i don't even love it as much as you i give it shit we're not going to go into the weapon degradation we could talk about that <laughs> forever and that, that really drove me nuts but like so my issue with the other zelda games was that i would always get stuck because there was a specific thing that you needed in order to progress and whether the game was too obtuse or I'm just too fucking stupid, I could never figure out what that thing was and I would have to quit and just stop playing it. And I would never make more than a few hours. Well, it looks like Jeff needs to play link between worlds. Then breath of the wild is the only Zelda game I finished. And I appreciate it because there is more than one way to do everything and you could do everything in multiple orders. And while I think that hurt the story, I was really disappointed in the narrative. I was able to finish it and I really enjoyed it. And I loved that flexibility. Um, So that's, Hyrule, you know. Hyrule felt alive. Hmm. Yeah, just, I will say this: the the weapon is what makes me not get into the game. But I think if I got past that, I would get into the game. But like, you know, honestly, there are so many weapons lying around that weapon degradation was really never a problem for me because you find swords like every five feet in that fucking game. But I didn't. So. I was like, I break one and then I, I have no more swords, and I had right. to go and run really? around for half an hour and try and yeah, find. And I've had really enough of the weapon degradation conversation to last me eight lifetimes. Yeah. y'all. I'm yeah. <laughs> Some people love it. Some people hate it. That no, no, will never no, no. Look, be bridged. So I will just say, if if I can, get, I I think if I can get past that, I will enjoy the game. But I haven't played more than like thirty minutes of the game, oh. and it's just because I don't, I I can't get into it. And I think once I do get into it, I'll be sucked in. But like, I just haven't got to that point yet. I just think everything would be moot if your master sword wouldn't die for ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, not much so, of a master sword. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some actual const- like things that ma- I'm gonna I'm gonna have talk about this game Save in a, in a way that, that fucking matters. Um, which is Finn, I think that? 
I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just so tired of talking about the fucking weapons. Um, <laughs> I, I have been tired for minutes. years. I, I, that conversation has made me hate Breath of the Wild, and I don't even dislike the weapon degradation. Um, no, so I, what's weird about Breath of the Wild for me is I think it might be my favorite Zelda from a story and lore standpoint, which is interesting when it has very little actual plot in the game that isn't flashbacks to shit that happened a hundred years ago. Um, but there's something about the world. There's something about the story and, and, and the, the mood and the atmosphere that clicks really well for me. Um, and in terms of Zelda's, like the various Zelda stories, um, and I love the characters and, and all of that. And, And what's weird is I like a lot of elements of the gameplay, but everything I like about it is stuff that is not Zelda to me. And all of the stuff I like about playing a Zelda game is not present in breath of the wild. Um, you know, from, but you still like it, but I still like it, but it's That's, not, it's yeah. not Zelda to me. Like it is, but it isn't like for me, when I play a Zelda game, I'm expecting like dungeons and puzzles and progression through this, this complicated dungeon and getting weird new tools and items and learning kind of how to, how to use them. And, and breath of the wild gives you everything, every major tool pretty much right at the start. And the shrines are not a replacement for dungeons for me. And neither were the guardian beasts. Mm -hmm. They didn't even come close. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I really like the game, but I'll always remember it as being like, it's it's only half of a Zelda game to me, so, but I you know I like it quite a bit even if I give it some yeah, shit yeah, yeah. I, I and I, I give it I some totally, shit I totally but that. I totally respect that yeah I, I mean, think for me it's just easier for me to hate on the stuff that I don't like because everything else about Breath of the Wild is so good that I should mm-hmm. be just absolutely loving it and the fact that it's 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 the stuff that I don't like is so looming over and overshadows everything else it just bothers me but damn it i want to love it i want to love it. well we do we do got to move on we do got to move on hit us i'm next who's next all right we got we got five more games here um wow these are all over the place all right we got spider-man on playstation 4 hollow knight hellblade axiom verge and sunset overdrive and these were sunset overdrive on here um, that was another taste. So I had when you give me shit about Breath of the Wild, you put fucking Sunset Overdrive on here. Hey, real quick, John, look at chat. They're gonna be shitting all over you for hating on Sunset Overdrive because this game is a banger. Okay. No. So, yes. A hundred percent. Sunset Overdrive is literally the only reason. Nobody would know. It is the only reason. Sunset Overdrive is video oh, wow. game. Look, video look game. at all of like, chat loving <laughs> Sunset Overdrive. It's only I'm glad my list was first, first where we could have a coherent no discussion. Idea what they're talking about. Okay, I'm sorry. So, two things. One, I bought my, and the only reason I even bought a One X or a, a Xbox One was because of Sunset Overdrive. The Sunset second Overdrive. they announced at its its first E3, they're like, and Insomniac is making oh. a brand new game and it's only on Xbox. I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm getting an Xbox. And two, I want to point out the weird fact that only I, the guy that loves PlayStation and Nintendo, has Xbox exclusives on his his list. Only me. I am the only. Does that say something about you or about Xbox? Well, it's just yeah. weird. 
that I'm the one Ooh. that chose Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> anyway, the point is, we're going to, I mean, Xbox had a shitty year for exclusive games or gen. I don't think anyone's arguing that. Fact. Several years. But Sunset Overdrive was so good. And you can no. feel all of the DNA that made Spider Man great started no! what the hell are you talking about well, first of all the Speaking creators of spider-man wait wait wait, wait. hold on, Brady. Hold, on. <laughs> hold on the creators of spider-man and sunset they literally just literally tweeted this said, out today said that <laughs> today of sunset overdrive so you once again can go fuck off with your sunset no. overdrive hate oh no no uh sunset no. overdrive is amazing hey guys rise son of rome is the best game ever like i mean no oh. i mean no one's saying that but sunset overdrive is incredible so they, I just they, I just want everybody to know my wife kid just came down here and she's like is everything okay? No, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just gonna I'm am just gonna read some chat right now and make myself feel read justified about everything. Oh, Finn, I'm, just, Finn, I'm giving you a hard time. I love you. Sunset Although Overdrive, not um love Sunset Overdrive as much as because, you. Because okay, think... Sunset Overdrive is what happens if you take the. <laughs> crazy weaponry of ratchet and clank and give it the mobility of spider-man that's sunset overdrive and if you can't appreciate that combo you haven't played sunset overdrive i heard it was cracked like down my but good my camera and say hi to everybody yeah who cares i care i heard it was cracked down but good all right fine i love you i heard it was cracked down but good somebody riff off of that yeah please so I played, good. That's fine. It, again, I played it, a few hours of Sunset Overdrive on Xbox, and I gave it a second chance on PC. <laughs> uh, I want to try to be nice to the game. Um, the tone just didn't work for me. Yeah, me too. Something about the humor, something about... Oh, like, I don't even play it. Um, but I will, I will be positive. The gameplay was uh, fantastic. It just feels good. It's fun. Insomniac always nails it with the weapons and the goofiness and stuff like that. So... Um, you I know, the humor tried, I just think I tried too hard with the humor. And like games are so gritty and dark now. Like I just love the colorful atmosphere of that game. It just looks fucking fantastic. So I don't I know. I'm the gonna give it the use that. of the use of orange, the crazy weapons. I could do without the tower defense segments, but again, I just uh, I had I had almost forgot to put this on here. I had Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Four as my original pick because you have to have some anime love. But I then gotta I have like, Sasuke Sunset in Overdrive. the mix. Oh no! So anyway, moving on, I'm gonna go to Axiom Verge. Yes, because Metroid One, but upsetting. Finn, yeah. Finn, I just want to say real quick before you move on, Finn. We may disagree on Sunset Overdrive, but you overdrive my Sunset. Oh, look. What does that even mean? It means that we love each other and you can't stand between that. So Axiom Verge is Metroid 1, but But by a single dude. And it's so so good. Tom Hap Hap is dope AF. And Axiom Verge was the first indie game, I distinctly remember this, that I was truly hyper fixated on when they announced. I was like, holy shit, look at this. And I followed everything about it. And I was eagerly waiting. It is the first indie game that i truly this whole gen that i was locked in on and it did not disappoint the game was if you loved the metroid yeah that's metroidvania but original metroid style of game this game and then they they flipped it on he flipped it on its head with the whole like uh using the glitches using the the glitches yeah oh shit it was so meta i fucking loved it oh that game is so good it's just, it's just, it's just Metroid One, but a fucking lot. I have an Axiom Verge shirt. 
God. Yeah, so do I. I've got the same shirt, Finn. I have the same uh, shirt. So anyway, it Axiom is... Verge is incredible, and I and I cannot wait for Axiom Verge too. So uh, I hope uh, it's so a Game good. Boy Color game. I hope so. Next up, I have Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Great choice. Which came at which was one of those games that uh, it it came out of nowhere. Like I don't think this would have been on this would have been on my list if it hadn't been on Finn's. Yeah, uh, and this is uh, another. If I hadn't put it on, Saki would have chosen this over Fire Emblem. This was a game that we played together, and it really resonated with us. Just everything from the acting, the mocap, the whole documentary around how the game was built, just the 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 mythology around the game, the just tense atmosphere, and the story it told. Like you, I sat at the end, and I was just like, "Wow." Plus, like this is a game. The best sound mixing in any game this generation. Oh my god! The, the, the sound you have put a the sound design on, is yeah. If you put headphones on and the way the whispers like move the three unbelievable. Oh man! Oh, the, this is this is a game that I also probably would have put on had it not already been voted for um, for the list. It was one that like I I was just checking out because I'm like, hey, it's Ninja Theory. This game looks kind of cool. Um, and then I, and you know, I always play games with headphones anyway, so I had my headphones on and it was just like the amount of work that they went in with like the mental health aspect of it and made it actually like an important part of the story and the characterization. They met with the fact that deal with psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact fact that they actually managed to communicate that with the player, um, through that audio design in a way where you actually physically feel it in the same way as the character would just add so so much to the game not to mention it's just cool as shit like yeah. you know like, the, the oh nordic God, plus the fucking music um, like that nordic theme battle yeah. music like oh, yeah. oh oh it was so good but um it's just it was just a really really great game and it was one of the those games where you're like you kind of realize that you know small teams can do some really, really, really cool stuff. Like it was, it's gorgeous. Uh, you know, performances were great. Um, the audio was great. It's, it's a really, really cool game it, it, and people should really check it, it out. It's the most realistic depiction of a mental illness I have seen in the medium. And what's crazy is that if Sunset Overdrive was the reason I got an Xbox One, um, Hellblade going exclusive to Xbox next gen, is the reason I'm getting a Series X. I don't care that it's years away. This that was the reason that cemented me getting it. It was just like, okay, it's happening. Plus, I'll just say that the soundtrack is great workout music. Fair That's enough. neither here nor there, but it so really is. next up I have another uh Metroidvania style game because it is one of my favorite genres, and that is uh the incredible indie uh explosion game of Hollow Knight. Bless you, sir. Which combines the Bless gameplay you, of a Metroidvania, but with the lore dripping of like a, a Souls game. Like the a way Souls they, game, yeah. Yeah, their story is 100% Souls. The difficulty is very Souls-like. Even the death mechanic, Finn. Yeah. 
very have to go back to where you died to reclaim yep. all of your uh, your souls. And I loved everything about this game. I love. I mean, this is the only game that I have delved into the YouTube rabbit hole to find out like all the lore, like the people yeah. that go crazy and like find out all the lore and like. And this is where this was. And I'm like, oh my god, I never knew. It that. is the first Metroidvania since Super Metroid to really capture that feeling of being truly alone. Yes, hundred percent. It goes deep. You all right there, Derek? I'm good. Sorry, I've been sneezing. Okay, bless you, my son. Bless um, you, Derek. So, ho- <laughs> Hollow and, and Hollow Knight. Uh, it's just another. It's like Axiom Verge, where this game was so good and defined indies for me for this almost entire generation. And now I cannot. I'm just frothing at the mouth to play Silk Song, the actual true sequel. Because Plus, this, it's fucking huge. Oh like, my, yeah. And and that's not even including the DLC. Like this, yeah. this, and the fact that this is Team Cherry's first game defies all logic just like axiom verge was tom hap's first game i don't understand how these people are doing it it's hollow knight and in fact and if you have not played hollow knight it is the november playstation plus game so you don't really have an excuse uh get ready for it is not not co-op but it's amazing oh so and the fact that it's all told without dialogue just minimal dialogue but no voice acting it's all just think like legend of zelda like link grunts yeah it's just a bunch of bugs going like just a, just like, a bunch yeah. of bugs and the art style is just haunt I, oh, the anyway. original bug snacks if you will it's the original bug snacks yes so <laughs> speaking of which bug snacks is also on ps has a dope ass pl- uh november i'm just Derek, like eric is like i was hoping to go through a whole show without mentioning bug snacks you uh, mean without talking about bug snacks. All, we're talking about bug snacks now i have i have a video i made that's going up tomorrow this has nothing to do with anything but it's the reason Saki <laughs> can't get enough of bug snacks and it has to do with a bug snack Finn. called talk Snoopy about spider-man Snoopy Finn, so, we have no time for Snoopy Banoopy. Go let's to talk about Spider Man. I think we can all agree that Bug Snacks is the game of next generation. Oh, God. Uh, yes. No, and I'm sorry I brought up that. Best indie of next gen. Okay. So, Spider Man, I had trouble picking one open world game because there are so many amazing open world games. And luckily, a couple of my biggest ones were chosen by other people. Uh, well, there was only one other one I wanted, and it Which was, was? By Jeff. I'll let Jeff get to his game when he gets to it. But so I love open world games as well. Um, There's just something cathartic and and serotonin inducing about checking off every little icon on a map and just clearing everything out. I I, I can't help it. It, It's a, it's a tick of mine and Spider-Man does it so well because there has never been an open world game with mobility as good as Spider-Man's. It's the only game that I've never seen the fast travel load screen because I never fast traveled. Yeah. Oh, fuck it's that. so yeah. much more fun. If you fast travel in Spider-Man, you're playing the game wrong. Wait, no, I'm, I'm a liar. I did it at the end because I'm pretty sure one of the trophies. Oh, you lied, piece of shit. Anyway, it was for the, I do it for the platinum, <laughs> baby. So moving around to <laughs> Spider-Man is, is phenomenal. And never mind the fact that some of the crimes got repetitive. That's just Spider-Man as a whole. But the story was so good. And the fact that they took things that you expected from spider-man because you know spider-man and they still managed to tell a compelling story and then they bring in miles and they're bringing in all these the only downside the only thing that ruined spider-man for me was i wish sony hadn't dedicated an e3 showing all the other uh 
Sinister Six that would show up. Like yeah, I would have wished showing... that it stayed more of a surprise, but because then I because then I knew like oh okay all these other villains are going to be in the game. If they had just kept it at uh, Mister ne- Negative, I would have just been happy. Yeah, but also Spider Man the... as a whole was amazing. Also another another great showcase for Darren DePaul. Spider-Man, Spider-Man um, was, was Spider- great interpretations of a lot of, of, of fantastic Spider-Man characters and villains, and it had all of the best storytelling, like, stylings and elements of, like, the best parts of Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man, which was mm-hmm. really good to see. Um, I, yeah, I, I get, I don't, I famously really do not like big open world games. Um, I just don't. The closer your game is to being Assassin's Creed, uh, the less likely I am to even play it. Um, oh, no, and I actually not. beat Spider-Man um, and and damn near 100 percent of it. Um, I loved it. I loved, you know, the, the cohesive kind of tech aesthetic that they had across all the different villains down to their like like their the redesign of Taskmaster is a perfect example of how they applied mm-hmm. their unique look. Like that's not necessarily a good Taskmaster design, but it's a great Taskmaster design for Spider-Man on PS4. Like, yeah, this is this is the only the only thing that if I think back to it that I go is like that post-credit sequence was like you know we almost yeah. we almost got yeah. an entire Spider-Man piece of media without symbiotes without a, and without um, yeah yeah, and here yeah. We oh never no. mind so. I was so, all I thought was, oh, I can't wait to see where they go with it. Maybe they'll actually make symbiotes good. I I threw something. So, I threw a cup. I, I love, was mad. Like, like wait, wait. I love how Norman Osborn walks into that bathing green light, and I was like, I, I was like, well, at least you're not being subtle about it. <laughs> so one thing I I really agree with what Derek said because I love the characterization and Insomniac's take on this this world of Spider Man. But I want to add something that nobody else has mentioned, and that is the actual design of Spider-Man's suit. Yeah. For this game. I was actually going to say that next. It's it's my favorite Spider-Man suit design, like, for Peter Parker. Like, it has replaced, like, the classic red and blue in my mind as my de- as what how I default picture Spider-Man I, I now. I didn't care for it. Um... Well, that's fine. Um, well, I got a big poster of it coming. I, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a big poster of it coming, and um, <laughs> yeah. So I I really like how Insomniac put their stamp on Spider Man as a franchise. I'm really excited to see where it continues to go. All right, what do we got next, Jeff? Uh I guess these are technically my picks. Um, so we got five more games. Uh, the first one. Maybe you guys can help me out with this. Maybe you can help me. Uh oh. <laughs> it's your pick. It's uh, so your picks. It's two I, games. No. It's two it's games. It's not. So, it's one game because the hit, one game has content from both. Thank you. So I, I've got Hitman and Hitman 2. Now, if you buy Hitman 2, you can also buy the Legacy Pack. Basically, you can have all of Hitman in Hitman 2. There's five levels in each game, like not including DLC. There's five levels. So. I'm just viewing Hitman but as a like platform. updates Hitman the Hitman one, season one. Well, my honorable my honorable mention was Destiny, but it was Destiny and Destiny two and all the expansions and stuff. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. 
I will so, say I Hitman mean, two, and, and you count you the content be, from Hitman one that carries. Is over. that the one where you throw the briefcase and it just fucking endlessly yes. chases somebody? It that alone. All right, that's fine. I so, accept. If you want to get picky, it's Hitman 2 because it also includes the levels from Hitman 1, but for the purposes of that, we're just going to include it all as one. Uh, I've also got The Last Guardian, Metro Exodus, Watch Dogs 2, and Rainbow Six Siege. So I don't know. You got some picks on there, and the thing is, they're all... so the Okay, let's let's start with the one that I think is, is spicy. Okay? Okay. And I'm sorry to do this to you, man. No, the no. Last, the Last Guardian? I knew it. Really? Yeah. I mean, you knew it was that's coming. That's the <sighs> the Last Guardian. Let me just give a little Tell spiel on it. Tell me what you it, right? love about the Last Guardian. That's what I want to hear genuinely. The Last Guardian runs like absolute shit. Oh, it's it so is yeah. a fucking struggle to play. But but I found the relationship between the player and Trico, the oh. bird dog, bird cat, cat dog, whatever you want to fucking call it. Without with considering the fact that it can't even talk, oh, it was one of the strongest relationships um, I've experienced in a game. I felt an attachment to it. It didn't always respond to my commands, but I didn't care. Uh, this is my experience with it. Your experience might have been different. It seems like people had varying degrees of success with telling it what to do. Uh, my experience was when I needed it to do something, when I needed to progress in the game, it did. Um, and I thought the visuals were, again, the frame rate was shit. It ran like shit, but I thought it was a beautiful game. Um, I thought it was uh, haunting. I thought it was emotional. Um, the soundtrack was phenomenal. I weeped. I it, My Twitter has been nuked because I'm not on Twitter anymore. But I had a video at the time where I recorded myself at the ending. I was bawling. I've never cried so hard at the end of a game. And it was just because... Uh, I think it was a testament to the um, the progression of that relationship and the storytelling. So um, this is my pick because that was my experience with the game. And when I thought back of all the games this generation that affected me, this one stood out for the It is reasons. a very pretty and weird and kind of haunting game. Like it's it's I didn't necessarily like like I have very mixed feelings about my time with it, but it's extremely memorable. And sometimes it's better to be memorable but flawed than it is to be good but vanilla pudding. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's you know. what I say all the time. Like, I'd rather have something that is kind of good sometimes and sucks ass than something that's just boring all the way through. Yeah, like at least it did things that weren't. But like the problem is that sometimes the shit that they did to that like nothing else does. Like sometimes that's the fact that the, the creature doesn't always listen to you because, you know, it's supposed to be an animal that thinks for itself. And some parts of that are the fact that they modeled a real butthole onto the creature. Like, like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Didn't yeah, know that. it has a very, <laughs> it has a butthole. All right. Next, Jeff, what was your next game? Anybody who has have none of you ever owned a cat because you're no, used to the on. eye of Sauron staring at you. <laughs> no, no, we need to go deeper on this one. Is it? A you don't need to go deeper. I don't think we need to go deeper <laughs> into the, actual, the butthole of the no, no, creature no, 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 from Last Guardian. Derek, does it have like the puckers? John, have you seen a cat? Have you seen a cat? It is exactly like a cat. Next. Next. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you want to talk, talk about uh, Metro Exodus? I think I think Justin played that. Here, too. hold on. Yes, Metro Exodus is good. Very good. 
Um, yeah, you go say what you want to say on it first. Um, yeah, I mean, I I struggled with the Metro series. I tried to play Metro twenty three. Like, I think it twenty three three. I think it took me four tries to get through it. That's a it's a fucking mess of a game, but there's some good stuff in it. Last Light was better, but Metro Exodus, um, I felt like finally achieved what the series wanted to achieve. I loved the environments. I loved the gameplay. I loved the pacing. Um, I just thought it was a really, it really gave me that feeling of adventure. And I really felt like I was moving from one place to another across, across an entire continent. The only downside I have is I think the silent protagonist fucking sucks. And I think it robs the story of a lot of impact because everyone is talking at you, but not talking with you. And all those relationships are one dimensional. Um, and, and I think it's, it it's also be- weird. Cause like he's the narrator too. So like yeah. he has, a, he has an actual voice in the game. It's just not in any conversations. I, I always hate, like, I don't mind silent characters if they actually stick to it. I hate when they do the, oh, some cutscenes they'll talk, but like while you play, they don't kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I really like Metro Exodus. Um, just the thing that stands out about Exodus, and it's the same thing that stands out to me about the whole series, is just like the level of grit and stuff in that series. Like there's everything feels heavily used. Like everything looks heavily used. Like the weapons look stitched together. Um, it, um, I don't like know. There's just something shit. that, it, like you're watching stuff like that. It just feels like you're so immersed in that environment. And yeah, like the, it's, the weather like, effects. You see, like I mean, even just like looking at their gloves. Their gloves are worn and used, and like the guns are pieces of different weapons like stitched together. And sometimes you can see through them. You have to keep cleaning them, um, fix jams, stuff like that. Like that sort of thing I think is very, very compelling. And it get, and it just kind of gives Metro a really distinct feel um, among first person shooters. Yeah. Metro, I, I, I mean, aesthetically, in terms of its like storytelling in terms of its structure, I loved the kind of more open structure in Exodus. Like it, it wasn't an open game necessarily, but like not being nearly as confined and, and hallway linear as, as 2033 and um, last light were. Um, it felt like the open world was like just a place, but like within that open world, there was like handcrafted, um, more linear segments, I guess. We're seeing more of that in AAA games too, where they have like tiny open world sections that 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 are a little bit more well crafted that you explore for a while and then move on from. Anyway, uh, yeah, Metro... I I, I, di- I dig that. I kind of like it. I like it more than you yeah. know, all yeah, one way or the for other. For sure, but but yeah, Metro is um. It's 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 just weirdly authentic. Does that make sense? Like it's mm-hmm. it feels very worn like you were saying Justin, very worn down and very um lived like, in. It's lovingly post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I mean, and it's not totally bleak either. Yeah. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. sunshines and rainbows, but it's like, hey, people are going to find ways to survive. Um and they're going to work together and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I, I really like the Metro series. Um, and I hope we see more from it in the future. Finn, I want to hear your take on this next one. Cause uh, I had Watch Dogs 2 on here and I know um, we yeah, were talking did, about buddy. it a little bit earlier. 
G- give me your take on Watch Dogs 2, buddy. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 is one of the best open world games of all time. Uh, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus and DeadSec is one of the... the if we put up with your bullshit, you put up with ours. What? Uh, we're, we're just silencing John. It's okay. Go on. Oh, yeah. yeah, mute him. He has bad taste. Um, Marcus is an amazing character. I love that you can play the entire game non-lethally uh, using just the, the baton, the stun and all and in your drones and stuff i love the the how i also love how it's probably one of the best sequels this entire generation the quality jump from the miss the the missed opportunity of watchdogs one to watchdogs two might be the highest quality climb since assassin's creed origins to like unity or something like that or it's syndicate i don't know point is i really loved watchdogs two i love the world everything about this guy i loved just the way that with with playing as dead second marcus the hacking made sense i i i i kind of wish you didn't even have the option for lethal uh fighting in that game i think them having a 3d printer to make guns was antithesis to their entire uh methodology but it's a game by ubisoft so i'll allow it uh i i didn't have to do it and that i thought was really cool the choice of how to tackle the missions actually felt like it was my choice. Um, I, I really enjoyed everything about Watch Dogs. I, I will say this, Fed. The protagonist, Marcus, I think his name was. Yes. Uh, like, like you can't get much worse than Aiden Pierce. Uh, and and Marcus, Marcus was such a better protagonist. Uh, that Aiden Pierce was like, I don't care how iconic his hat was. I just kept um, waiting for Marcus to sh- start shilling the PSP at me, but it never happened. That's a deep cut. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, that, that's a, I haven't heard that one in a while. I want to give points to Watch Dogs 2 for doing the opposite of what a lot of what a lot of sequels do, and especially a lot of Ubisoft games do, where it actually became um watchdogs one was a very dreary game yeah right it was very drab rainy nightscapes like it 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 didn't have a lot of aesthetic character to it it was very like dark gritty realistic but without even the the good fucking decency and panache to really pull off some noir elements you tried sweetie and it didn't work watchdogs 2 switching to the west coast and making it like its whole aesthetic is more daytime, bright colors, Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, maker culture. And it was very like, oh, you actually took something that had no personality and gave it something that's not really showed kind of a side of American culture um, that is very relevant to a lot of younger people. And I say younger at this point to mean like, you know, 35 and younger. Um, but like, you know, maker culture is a big thing. Hacker culture, real, real hacker culture is a big thing in, in the United States. And I think watchdogs too decently captured, um, the, the kind of feeling of those groups in a lot of ways. Like I've got a lot of friends in maker spaces and kind of hacker culture here in Louisville. And it reminded me very much of like hanging out with those kinds of people, other than the fact that obviously scaled up to like, you know, the, to meet the demands of the story. But, um, I just, you know, I gotta give it credit for taking a boring shitty game and, and giving it some fucking character. Yeah. And I, I think Justin had something to I, say. I'll get 
get to him in a second. Um, you know, I just I put this on the list. So I just want to, you know, quickly get um, my piece in. And yeah, it just basically everything you guys said, especially um, Finn and Derek. And it's the, the reason I love the game is the I mean, it it's the gameplay and the narrative, right? It's uh, the missions actually felt like you could stealth your the entire game all the way through. And I absolutely agree with Finn. I don't even know why guns are in the game. It feels fucking weird. None of the characters in this game would actually shoot to kill someone. It was the first time I ever, like, I used to roll my eyes at, like, the Ludo narrative dissonance discussion. And then I played this game. I was like, okay, I fucking get it now. Because I ran someone over with. There's actually a moment, like, in the intro when Marcus, like, first shows up and they're, like, going through his file and they see that he's a gun owner and they, like, are like, he's a gun owner or should we be nervous? Like, and then they're like, by the way, if you want to print assault rifles and 50 cals, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, but and like Derek said about the aesthetic, I think it was a great shift from like just the like fucking gritty, edge dark, dim, sh I didn't feel like, fuck that. And I kind of, this is the only Ubisoft game I feel like it works for because they've walked such a fine line. It's campy, but it works. And the characters are cheesy, but good. Like everything is like, it doesn't take itself too seriously and it just wants to have fun, but it doesn't cross that line of being too campy and the color. But I feel like Ubisoft games now are all like, fuck it. Like this, like mask and neon colors and shit. They did it with the weird Far Cry 5 DLC and they're doing it with Watch Dogs Legion and that weird Riders Republic game. Like, but like Watch Dogs 2, I feel like it's the only one where it really fits that world and that aesthetic and that vibe. And, and I was Justin, you had something to add too. Yeah. So I, I didn't play much of Watch Watch Dogs 2. It kind of oh, falls man. into that it kind of falls into that period where a lot of Ubisoft games have like Assassin's Creed styles controls, and those are very difficult for me. Um and so like I, I appreciate a lot about the about the game, but I couldn't get past that. However, I really want to give a shout out to the diversity of the main cast in Watch Dogs 2 because it's something that Ubisoft usually does not do well um, and has continued to kind of stumble, stumble with it. But, um, you know, Marcus being a black lead, uh, Josh and your crew being an, being an autistic character that was treated well um, and realistically, uh, the leader of that dead set group was an Indian woman. Like... Mm -hmm. I, th I thought they did a really good job of encapsulating those type of characters as well as showing how they would interact and relate with each other. Um, it, it, that was something that really stood out for me, and it's something that a lot of AAA games don't do well, and it's something that Ubisoft very much usually does not do well. Um, and this really stands out because of that. I played about I played about zero seconds of Watch Dogs too, so I have absolutely nothing to add to this conversation. Glad you fucking done. added that, John. <laughs> what thanks for jumping in? I said, glad you, you know, fucking added that, John. I, you, you know, I, you know I appreciate it. You know what? I gotta fucking I gotta speak my piece. Okay, that's my opinion on Watch Dogs too. I have no opinion. It's all good. Um, so I got two games left, just in the interest of time. I wanna. Uh, unless someone really has something to add, I just want to run through Rainbow Six Siege. Just really quick, want to mention why it's on here. I don't like multiplayer games. Uh, I've mentioned this over and over again on the podcast. When I come home after work, or like I guess now I work from home, but like when I'm done working, the last thing I want to do is play PvP. I do not want to go online and get fucking destroyed yeah. by 15-year-olds who have nothing better to do than spend hundreds of hours getting really good at these games. Um, but Siege is awesome. It's an awesome game. I hated it when it first came out. I think they really turned it around. 
I love that it's there's Rainbow Six Siege is rock, paper, scissors. That's all it is. Every operator has abilities to counter every other operator. The map design's really clever and it can be really difficult to keep up with. And I admit that they're always adding new maps, always adding new um, ops. But I, I had to put it on here because I have hundreds of hours on it between PlayStation 4 and PC. Um, and it just, it's the only multiplayer game since the Battlefield games that have really, that's really grabbed me and maybe want to put time into it and get invested in it. And uh, shout out to them for not forcing through another $80, $60 sequel. They've realized they have a good platform. They have a good foundation. They have a good player base and they're just going to keep building on that, not throwing it away. So I respect that so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, uh, Siege is also kind of super cute character in it. <laughs> Rainbow Six um, Siege. Oh, Siege is a super. Justin. Oh, sorry. Siege Siege is a really super cool game. I I played it um for a while. It it got really hard for me to keep up um because it, that game that game's some hardcore serious right, business yeah. now. But um, I think the whole concept of you know it's more kind of based off of positioning holding down a space but like the destruction angle and being able to like fire through like little holes and stuff that you make in the wall oh. where like and the, the it, little, it's, it's, little things that you control to go spy on other people yeah yeah the, like little little video cameras like there's there's a whole element of you know kind of like spycraft and information that instead of just pure reflex oh. in it and i think that's one thing that makes it you know, really kind of special and unique. Um, and I think, I think, I think it's a really, really cool game. It's a game I respect a lot. So, so I'll say this much about, uh, about Rainbow Six. I, I played it a couple times years ago with Jeff. And as somebody who is former military, who's been in actual firefights, I was so embarrassingly bad at it that I, I, I felt <laughs> I was too shamed to ever pick up your controller and play it yeah. again. You it was as a, as a, as a Marine. It was really, it was really, it was really, it was really embarrassing as somebody who has actually been in combat. I, 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 I will never show my face in that game fucking ever again. It's a pretty goofy game. Oh, <laughs> it, I, it absolutely is. But I'll tell you what, though, I'll tell you what, though, it is, it is another great example of how Ubisoft can just take these fucking games and turn them right the fuck well, around. Well, that's the thing. Rainbow Six, right. well, Rainbow is, Six like is the, it's, it's yeah, the prototype of that. Yeah, it's the game that that was like this is a games as a service that started off slow and bad not great and we just kept at it instead of abandoning it they did the anti-ea method where they were just like we're just gonna keep working on this and now it's like an esports god yeah now they got huge streamers streaming yeah, again look at her the fact that the fact that when new graphics cards come out rainbow six siege benchmarks still get tested <laughs> like that should be a sign yeah. but rainbow six siege is the uh, template for taking a game that maybe has struggled oh out God. the gate as a service game uh, and and making it catch on. And it turns out the answer is to just stay the course and keep updating, keep bug fixing, keep adding content, keep refreshing, and and it will grow that you don't just throw everything at the wall to see what works and then give up. Uh, which you'd think would be an easier thing to understand, but that's too fucking hard. Um, the only, only this this is something to say to Rainbow Six Siege's quality. The only negative thing I have to say about Rainbow Six Siege is that it 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 came 
in the place of Rainbow Six Patriots, which was such a cowardly cop-out move from Ubisoft that originally it was a, a, a more story-driven game that was explicitly going to deal with a, uh, a, a certain, especially as we see nowadays, rising brand of, of far-right extremist terrorism, uh, domestic terrorism in the United States. And, uh, and they copped out of that, just like Ubisoft does out of all political content in their games. Um, but, mm. but, I mean, you know, Rainbow Six Siege is really fucking good. And it's just the fact that they managed to pull out of that launch and turn it into such a, a mainstay of the esports scene is un, unseen before now, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, and the, you know, the, the last game I had on here was, again, we could talk about Hitman versus Hitman too, but let's just call it Hitman, right? Um, Hitman is, it, I don't even know how to fucking describe these games other than to say I just love them. They're, they're the goofy. The briefcase is bald. the best part. That's the only There's part you need to play. Incredibly man. accurate murder so, simulators. So, Jeff, instead of All arguing between Hitman and Hitman 2, just call it Agent 47 Simulator. Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate, right? Like, it, they're... They're such a fucking weird game. The levels are so huge. The levels are so detailed. There's so many different ways to approach everything. And again, this is kind of a theme in my games. Like they aren't, they don't take themselves too seriously. They aren't afraid to have fun. Um, and it, like some of the exits and like the Easter eggs and stuff like that, like you can find them on YouTube are just so silly. Uh, but there's so much like, and you know, the first game had uh, episodic, um, content right like there was months between each map release and i thought that was really cool because it forced you you only had one map to play and it forced you to play it over and over again and learn lots of things and sure you have the option to do that in too but i think it's just human nature to binge through all that stuff um you know and unfortunately neither of them really got the the commercial success that they uh wanted i think but uh just as a stealth sandbox these are just games that you can just spend hours and hours in a single level and just go into every single room and poke at every single NPC and just see what you can do and see how they're going to react to you. And uh, it's entirely unpredictable, and I just love it. I uh, one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, assassinations, one of my favorite targets from the most recent Hitman. Uh, was the one where you sit down in that dark room and the and the doctor comes in and you're sitting in the chair in the darkness and she comes in for a little for a little you know you know for some good time shit and it's basically the scene from um, True Lies where Arnold has the French guy record those lines on a tape recorder <laughs> and it's he's like do it no 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 do it dosimo. Do it and I, I, <laughs> for whatever reason. That part really, really fucking stuck with me, and it's stupid as shit, and I have no idea why. <laughs> Yo, the Hitman games, fuck. That's that's all I got to say. They're so fun. They're so silly. Um, the the way that you can just replay the same level over and over again and have such completely different experiences. Um, I, I it's 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 an example of where systems driven games. Uh, it, it, it's a systems driven game at its finest. We're just, it's, I will. it's so based upon its mechanics and how it reacts to your choices that even the same basic setup can spiral out of control in so many different ways. 
I, I will say this, Derek, like I do like every time, like when you like when you knock out a florist and you change into his outfit, and you put that little florist cap on and you got your wife like I can't help but think that like the guards in front of the drug dealer's house are like, you're quite tall and yeah. chiseled and muscular. You're and the scariest for, fucking like, florist I've ever yeah, seen, like, my dude. Like, like, are you giving me these flowers because you're about to kill me? Is yeah. like, is this some meta joke for my funeral? What is this? You know, florists can look like anyone. Yeah, that, that's they the really take. Can. That's the real takeaway here. Florists really are can. allowed to have flecks of blood on their face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got we got five more games before we move into our top twenty. So oh, I have, I have a question Lucy. before we move. Oh, forward. we reached the halfway point. Before after we move two forward, should we maybe that? consider after oh. the last five in this section breaking this up for a two-parter? Because yo, it's gonna have been a two-hour episode I before we break the top called it, man. You know what? I'm just saying. Well, Finn, Finn is so fucking smug with Saki on his shoulder. No, no, absolutely not. No. I I think we're powering through, but you we're guys have oh, to Eastern time. Oh, I told you that. Like, just mm, someone pick up that phone because I fucking called it. <laughs> Let's fight about this after my chat, five games. Chat, oh, chat, you, got, you guys right, can weigh in too. I'm Fuck. throwing it. I'm throwing the, the the suggestion out there. Let's get to my five hey. games. All right, let's do it. Chat saying break it up. Mm. No, Jeff. Jeff. All right, me. Let's do the five, five games. more games, and uh, these ones fall under Derek. So we got near Automata. Yeah. Evil with, the Evil Within Two, Ace yeah! Combat, and the Outer Wilds and Spirit Fair. Yeah. 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 Where do we want to start? I don't know, but those two How many those, of these games did nobody else play but me? That's the first question. No, I played Near and The Evil Within 2. Well, on, yeah, man. and Ace Combat 7's a maybe for some people, but maybe, like Maybe let's start with Spirit Fair. Did anyone other than Derek play Spirit Fair? Nope. All I right. It's amazing start though. Near. That's a No, Nier. we'll get to Near because everybody has no! shit to say about Near. <laughs> Spirit Get Fair line ready, it is a it is a crime <laughs> that none of y'all played Spirit Fair. I am saying this hey, now. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Spirit yes, we interviewed them at PAX. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say did you guys demo. do a PAX interview with them? We did. We they did. Um I don't I didn't the remember if you I thought I thought I know me and Reb talked about it some in DMs. I don't ever remember talking to you about no, the we, full game because so. it was on Game Pass. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so I, I played it on Game Pass for PC. But um Spirit Fair is such a lovely game. Um it it is a game that made me I I will tell you I hit the the ugly cry point and i mean ugly cry not like i had a few little tears that i wiped away but just full-blown fucking snot in my mustache like <laughs> wait did you slurp the snot up is that what you're trying to say <laughs> like that point like four you're too pretty to have an ugly separate cry. times oh, oh no i'm so pretty no, i can no, only have no. an ugly cry she no derek she's got a point you are you are very pretty like like you're I, way everybody. too pretty to have an yeah everybody on this podcast can get i have it. a very yeah. ugly cry that's what i'm talking Brittany's i'm not just wrong. letting I'm you like, know the cry is as ugly as i am not but ain't, ain't nothing ugly about you son spirit fair is 
it, it made me just flat out snotty cry like four separate times. And that's not counting the times where something made me emotional to the point that like I got the tears welling up that I wiped away and then stoically continued forward. Um, it is a, so spirit fair is whole shit is that it's about death. It's about all these different characters and the, the ways that their life comes to an end and about you helping them come to terms kind of with the way that their life is ending and ferrying them to the other side because you are effectively kind of the, the, like the death, you know, of this world. Um, and it is in a lot of the same ways that like Edith Finch hits you over and over again. Spirit fair is going to hit you with these characters stories over. Yeah. Your car on. Yeah, exactly. Um, over and over again. Um, and at least one, at least one of these character stories is going to remind you of how somebody that you loved very dearly passed and, and the way that their ends of their lives went and you are going to fucking ball. See, I'm not sure. I'm and not it's sure healthy. It. It's Derek, good because by the end you are done. cleansed and you are whole. It's very Derek. Can, can I actually say why I didn't play this game? Because yes. I knew it would fuck me up so bad. So this game came out a week, like a week or so after my grandmother died. Yeah. The main character has the same name as my grandmother. I'm like, I, I read that and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to wait on this one. <laughs> like, like it, it, like it was one that looks um, su- su- like it was a game that looked super great. But I was like, I don't think I'm mentally prepared for this one right now. So I'm glad it's on this list because I've heard great things about it. I was looking forward to it, but I had to sit it out for the, yeah. the time being. It's 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 going to it's going to hit you very deeply when you play it. Um, I don't think it's possible unless you are completely dead inside. Which, to be fair, many of us are against our will at this point. But um, yeah, it's it's just a it's a truly beautiful game that will cut very deep into you. And you are going to have that kind of cry that you feel better at the end of somehow. Like, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I've already talked about that like twice tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as somebody who almost lost their mom to cancer, uh, that was a very like, like part parts of it hit very fucking close and deep for me. Um but anyway, you know, Finn, you played. I don't know what you've got to add. Oh, you, you nailed it. This is a game that will wreck you and then rebuild you. Yeah. It, it, you you leave this game feeling whole. Yeah. Like, so just... so can I ask a question about this real quick? Yeah. As somebody who has lingering issues about whether or not I could have saved my my my, my buddy Joel... Yes. Is this something I really play need to play? Absolutely. Really? Because yeah. yeah. it's about coming to terms with with death of all different kinds in all different situations and, and the reality of it. And it's about not taking responsibility or ownership for the for other people's life, um, but rather um, kind of acknowledging that it's that it's happening and it is what it is. Um, you know, and I, I, I do not think that there is any, 
it is designed for people who had those kind of of traumatic either losses or close calls. It is not something that's going to hit you and make you feel bad about a a loss that you had in your family or close friends. So I think it is one of the most well put together games in that regard that handles loss. So mm. I'll have to add it to my list then. Yeah. So let's move to a game. Are we going to talk about near us- now? I oh it, so here's the thing here's the we'll thing say that we got let's save near for the fifth poor fucking Brittany just no, wants please do near now please near will I've cap out the episode it's no. what it's what it deserves I think please do near now please even within two who else you're Brittany it's two? not near it's far it's the last one oh man shut the f- Evil Within 2 was one of the games that I nominated for our, our games mm-hmm. of the generation. Who else here played Evil Within 2? I did. I love I loved Evil Justin, Within 2. Justin, why don't I you start? You play it. Uh, so, yeah. So, the first Evil Within was a really cool game, but it was one of those games that, like, it, it was messy. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that. Evil Within 2 was so much more polished. Um, and like, I think it had just a much more clear, like emotional through line as well as, you know, more kind of gameplay variety and just, well, first off, it looked like a game that came out, that was supposed to come out this decade. Um, it ran, it ran decently. The first game was not, was, was really rough in those compartments, but like, it just, it did a really good job of. Like, there was, like, full-on open world sections, but, like, they still did a really good job with, like, scares and tension and pacing. Um, it, it's, it's just a really, really cool game. Um, I, I, I really dug it. Yeah, I, I feel like if, if, if Evil Within 1 was very clearly inspired by Resident Evil 4, Evil Within 2 was almost like Silent Hill 2, right? Like it definitely drew more inspiration from Silent Hill in terms of structure right. and aesthetic. Um, it is written. I mean, that's the other thing is it's written. It's written so well. You take this. I've I've been over this on the podcast before. I'm not going to repeat the entire fucking sales pitch. But it takes a game and a character that were very generic action horror. Sebastian Castellanos and Evil Within One is literally not a character. He's just badass Mick, Mick cool vest with his gun. Like, and, and then Evil Within Two it's goes... A, it's a real cool vest, though. It is a cool-ass just, vest. Just for the record. But then Evil Within Two goes, hey, what happens if you take somebody and you put them through the shit that Evil Within One was? And it, it it's a very realistic portrayal of breakdown of post-traumatic stress disorder... Um, and, and the process by which somebody recovers from not, not really recovers from PTSD, but like kind of comes to terms with it and, and adapts to it and learns how to live with it and push through certain elements of it. Like it's very respectful of that subject with him. Um, you know, and just the story with him and his family is actually very well told. It's it's very rare for a sad dad game to not be a generic sad dad game in a lot of ways in terms of that plot. But like the fact that Sebastian's Sebastian's got a reverse sad dad thing going on. He starts as the like I was a sad dad, and then it's all towards building towards actually like reuniting with the daughter and rebuilding that relationship with the daughter. Uh, yeah, and get, getting your shit back together. So, I, yeah. I, Derek, can I just say that, like, the parts when you're running from Anima, 
are some of the scariest Ooh, shit I have fucking shit. encountered this entire generation. Yes, yeah, like, scary fucking game. The the fucking photographer sections. See, the photographer oh. sections didn't really bother me. It was Anima that fucked. Me no, up. they're they're not they're not they're not scary, but they're so they're so cool. The like the art scary. design of the it's Evil Within, yeah, is. Did you guys? Is like it's really distinct, and I love it. Like it feels very unique, even though it draws from so many key horror franchises. Did you guys ever? Did anybody who played the Evil Within two ever come across the secret scene you get? The secret Easter egg scene you get if you uh, where they reference the actual game uh, in a conversation, Sebastian and the and the, the yeah. cop. Did you see yeah, that, Justin? Derek, yeah. did you see that? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. There's a suit. There's a very specific sequence of events that you have to do. And if you do them properly and you go back and you talk to that guy who's in your hideout, I can't remember his name. They have an, they have a conversation that you wouldn't see otherwise. And the guy says, I'm not going back out there. It's fucking evil out there. And Sebastian says, yeah, but there's evil within too. And they both do this. Oh, I hate yeah, it. They just look right <laughs> at the camera. Oh, I hate it's it. A Superman quest for peace moment. And it's beautiful. I, I'll I'll say this much though, like as much as I love the game, like Sebastian runs like I do when I'm four miles into a five miler and I gotta poop real bad. And he's just like he's he's doing that little half walk, half run thing where he's clenching his cheeks real tight. And he's just like, Oh, oh god, I'm gonna get this. <laughs> Is this where you wanted to go when you talked about <laughs> it really it really it brings back a lot of bad memories. To be fair, Jeff didn't want to talk about cat butts like, either, but things. I'm just saying, it's a little too real for me. <laughs> John, John just needs now, to please. not John yet. Just needs he... to talk about his buttholes. Absolutely, uh, that's, that's really we what we've need learned to go tonight. Deeper. We need to go deeper. No, we we're don't. issuing gotta... a decree. There will be no butthole talk on this. Got to go deeper on the butthole puckers. The, the only thing I have to add is that I played like an hour or two of the first Evil Within, and it was one of the worst times I've ever had with a game. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that the sequel is night and day tears and tears beyond the first game oh um, jesus yes like this but the it, first few chapters of the first evil within are yeah bizarre just, to yeah. say the it least me, it put me off the series and the i really struggle i find it really hard to jump into sequels without playing their predecessors it's just like a, a thing that i have like evil just, within two i don't works. want to play something without having the full context evil for within it. So, two works so much I better i will eventually give the second game a shot and, yeah. and just try it but um but the, the thing is evil I mean, I, most I, of the story for the first that the first game maybe soured some evil within two it. works so much better if you've played evil within one that's one of the un- that's the one unfortunate downside like there's literally an entire chunk of the game that is this big, awesome, like, fuck yes. The, the actual fuck yes moment you've been waiting most of the game for, for the narrative to flip in Sebastian's favor. And it's based on him re-experiencing certain key, like the most memorable moments in the original game, but taking control of them in a way that he did not have before. And, and basically ripping ass through a series of of unstoppable bosses from the original game, like why do we keep talking about ass? And because bottles? because he runs like he's got to poop. That's why he's ripping ass. So yeah, the kind of one thing that's kind of tough too about Evil Within One is like a good portion of the actual story is in the DLC. Like like yeah. the the main you don't really know what the main narrative of Evil Within One is unless you play the DLC. Yeah, I, great, great. So love that. 
So the DLC is way better than the main game, yes. though. So <laughs> so near near is coming because it's gonna close out the episode. <laughs> We're, we're getting near. Yeah. We're getting near, Brittany. Don't worry about it. We're getting near. That's right. going to be a long discussion. I know. Yeah, well, I know. Ace Combat 7. Did anyone else? Has anyone here played Ace Combat in general? This okay. is where I check out. Yeah. I've never played a single one. Fuck you, John. I don't know what's wrong with you that you haven't played John. Ace Combat game. These games are so Support. fucking good. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to strap you to the front of a fucking a10 warthog hilarious is that the, the ace combat shit. games are so up That's john's alley plot you would love it's these games wrong reaction from Derek. john you would love i was like i've never played a single one fuck you john like wow john love hey, this game shit. and it's hilarious that he's making fun of it when if he played i'm not one, making fun of it i just said i've no. never played it but you should it's just it's just air force jrpgs <laughs> I've heard, I've heard these I've heard these games are like would would actually be really up my alley narratively. Yeah. I I should really check them you out. You would. It's really weird Real sci-fi kind of really weird JRPG style story. Like it's just weird. But it's hey, super real, cool. Real quick, Derek, before you go on, can I just give a shout out to everybody in chat who stuck with us so far for two yeah. hours and twenty minutes? I know. Yo, like, we're not finishing we, the show tonight, Jeff. I'm sorry. Real. We're not we're not powering we're not. <laughs> Really? We're I want to give a great. shout out sorry. to the people who rated us and are still here. We we must be doing something right. We yeah. appreciate you. We're guys. closing out with Nier and we're coming back next week with part two and me and John on the same camera, on y'all. The same camera. I'm gonna look so Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but Ace Combat 7, uh, I remember getting to review it. And Ace Combat 7, I was really worried Ace Combat was in not a great spot. The PS2 trilogy was like peak fucking gaming, period. Ace Combat 4, 5, and 0. 6 was solid. Then we had Assault Horizon, which was kind of a mess. And then the series disappeared for a while, like a long-ass time. And 7, like... Could be good, could not be. Turns out it's not only maybe the best Ace Combat game if you take off the PS2 nostalgia blinders, but it's just packed with love and and like lore payoffs for that PS2 trilogy. Like if you loved Ace Combat before, 7 is... Ugh... Seven is everything you wanted. And if you're new to the series, it's still very approachable and it's easily the best gameplay wise the series has ever been. I just love that blend of like, it's sort of realistic flying, but it's not trying to be a simulator. It's got just enough arcadey gameplay elements to it. Um, Finn hit me, hit me with some ace combat love. Shit is it's, 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 it's a game where the core gameplay loop is, is, tight and good but you go because of the batshit insane metal gear jrpg story in the skies it's it's got so much heart to it though and that is what a lot of people don't understand you could you get a real sense of satisfaction when you get a lock on an enemy but you get an even more satisfaction when you get that next cutscene, and you, you get the chatter and they're like yeah and you're like yeah and you just ah, oh, it's 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 like it's an interesting thing you say that because the the entire PS3 360 era didn't really do the franchise justice. So when you mentioned the PS2 nostalgia blinders, I mean that is where 
the crowning achievements before seven existed. Yeah. That trilogy is the series. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just deep. And I'm sorry, but some of the shit, like that's the thing you pick up ACE combat seven, expecting you're going to be planes fighting planes. And then they get into weird plots around fucking drones and then sci-fi fucking super carriers start dropping out of the sky and fucking releasing like feathers that turn into drones. And you're like, Oh, this game fucks. Like this is wild. You know, this is wild <laughs> shit. Chat mentioned, chat mentioned JPEG dog, which is dog. Dot, dog. Dot PNG is great. Dog. Dot PNG is my friend. And I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, I heard a couple clips of music from this game and the, the music, music from Ace combat is some of the amazing. best in gaming. It's so good. It's so, so I, good. I got, uh, I bought it on PC. I, I actually, surprisingly, I, I thought I'd be good at this game because I, I played Flight Simulator, but like, um, I got stuck <laughs> on like, the fourth or fifth mission and I just didn't have the uh, motivation to keep going. So unfortunately, I had to tap out probably only three or four hours into the game. Uh, but I did uh, assist Derek with the review. Um, I had a PSVR at the time and I was fortunate enough to be able to play the PSVR missions in the game. So I will speak to that. And say that um, there was a lot of great games I played on PSVR, like Super Hot's a standout. But Ace Combat 7 was probably, when I think back to my experience with that system and that um, that type of gameplay, I remember Ace Combat 7. It's so it's so transformative because the dogfighting in the game. Uh, when I when I played it my on my PC with a controller, I'm trying to like move the sticks to like figure out where the enemies are on screen, but I literally can't express how intuitive and beneficial it is to be able to like, you're trying to bank your plane a hard left, but you can just move your head and look and you can just keep your eyes focused on wherever the, the other planes are. And it really helps you um, center that. And like the feeling of like just being in the sky and dropping down or lifting off like that sense of like that lurch in your stomach. I didn't, fortunately I didn't get nauseous, but uh the adrenaline I experienced in that game was just something else, and I I absolutely love it. So it sucks that you couldn't play the whole campaign in VR, but they had, I think, three or four missions dedicated to it, and they were absolutely top-notch. Yeah. I loved it. Ace Combat 7 is... Uh, and, and I mean, like I said, the franchise did see kind of a revival with it. Ace Combat 7 did pretty well, but like, if you've never played an Ace Combat game, is worth checking out. Like... It's, yep. it's, it's a pretty cool fucking franchise and seven is a very safe point to jump into. Um, and, and with that, that's our show. But <laughs> yeah, no more games. <laughs> nope. We got two more. She we got did. one more. And then two more we got one in the near outer wilds is another one that I'm pretty sure only I played. Right. I I bought it. I bought it. I played like 20 minutes of it and I didn't get a chance I to have finish not, it. I have, not we have to clear this up. Which one is Outer Wilds? The Outer Wilds is not <laughs> Outer Worlds, which is the the spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas. The Outer Wilds is a very cool, weird indie title where you play and have to explore this universe and and deal figure out this it's it's Groundhog Day but No Man's Sky. I don't know how else to explain it. Like but it is a, a tremendously... I'm going to keep this one short because none of y'all played it and I don't want to spoil too much. It's tremendously satisfying. It scratches a lot of the same itches as like classic adventure games did, um, but it's a little less obtuse. Like There's a computer that gives you a lot of hints in the spaceship as to where things connect together to help you figure out what other things you should be checking out. 
I really love the way every planet transforms over the course of the time loop. Like you have, for example, one planet with a black hole in the center that is fully intact at the start of the time loop, but as time goes on, starts to crumble apart and pieces of it fall into the black hole and get shot out the other side of the white hole somewhere else in the universe. So you end up with this growing debris field. Um, you got another planet or a pair of planets that revolve around each other called the hourglass twins. And one of them is the ash twin. And one of them is the, the ember twin. Um, and one of them's covered in sand. And the other one is just a big rocky set of caves. And over time, all of the sand from one ends up, moving on to the other, which fills up the caves on the first planet, but exposes stuff on the second planet. So the way you approach the time loop, uh, is, is very cool. And just the ending of that game, when, when the game was over, it got surprisingly plot heavy at the end and surprisingly emotional. That game left me completely devastated. I mean, I sat and stared at my desktop screen with nothing on it for 30 goddamn minutes, just recovering from what I'd been through. Um, and it's always good when an indie game can do that to you. Exactly. Okay. Brittany, <laughs> near Automata. This is what I was waiting for. Near Automata, which yes. we all fucking knew was going to be on this list. Don't spoil it for me because no. I haven't beaten it yet. No, absolutely not. Wait, wait. What? Where are you? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Patience. Just talk about the game. Patience. Near Automata is the rare example of a game that is as horny as it is without being a shit game. That's not why it's good. I just think it's very important to note that they nailed that particular part. It's a great approachable action game. It has a really cool story. Um, it has a really cool sort of weirdly hopefully depressing tone i don't know really how else to describe it like it takes every it's melancholy but optimistic it yeah. takes everything that you know about jrp action jrpgs and subverts it yeah it's melancholy um, but silly like yeah. it's like it, the, the it's side quests yeah. make it like not feel so like it, it, has, it has some of the best boss fights in the industry um hands down fantastic uh, like, music oh god oh, the music oh, the music, the music is, alone the music just is, so fucking good like no like like and it's it's one of those games that i think just gets in your head like when i first started playing it i'm like all right this is fun this is you know cool art style i like platinum games nothing really special and then the weirdness kicks up and things start getting stranger and more existential and then by the end of the game like the fifth time I see the credits rolling, I'm singing along with the music, like tears in my eyes triumphantly as I go along. Like, like this is a game that strings you along unlike anything else I've ever played. It's a it's fucking, okay, all right, let, let, let's talk about, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about, about the robot fuck Automata. pit. Let's Here, talk let's about talk. the amusement park. <laughs> let's talk about mooses. Meese? Meese. Moose So when you first, so if you haven't played this game, when you first dive into it, it's this very dark, dreary humanity's like dead. You're going in to try to save it. Like there's like it's just a hundred percent 
serious like it's just this powerful game you get to the end of the tutorial you fucking die as far as you know right <laughs> right right like, as far as yeah. you know right right yeah yeah then you're a robot so obviously you come back to life and then it just goes fucking nuts like nobody <laughs> told me there was going to be robots fucking like nobody told me that there was going to be told a you robot see parade toy cvs ass two dollar bin wind up toys banging their, their why would you not why would you out. you should always it's yoko taro you should always like, expect robots like and like i didn't even realize robots were fucking i didn't even realize until i died and i went back in and i was like these robots are fucking raw dogging. They're doing a doggy style, y'all. Like this, this isn't those this isn't just normal robot behavior. Like they're not just like cradling a baby. Like they're straight on making babies. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like they're or fucking futilely they're fucking, trying to. It's such they a, are. Near Automata is so good at feeling unsettling in one way or another. Yeah. It. I mean, even though, like, we joke about the robots banging thing. It's like, depressing. When you way too when fucking you get sexual, to that especially point, when you can see the character's booty. But when you get, well, yeah, well, that's a separate thing. But you get <laughs> to the pit where the weird little soda can robots are fucking, and yes! you and you go, hang the fuck on. What? It's not even don't, funny. Don't, it's upsetting. You're like, what don't the change. fuck? What you're mad. Fuck? Like you're like I don't understand what's going on. Even soda can robots need love. I don't give a shit Not if like they this, need John. love. I want to know what's happening. Not like this. Why are they making love? It's like yeah, you know. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, if you were a soda can robot, would you not want to fuck? It's it's it like you know that's all they got going. I don't for. know because I'm not a robot. robot. Like they're soda can robots. Like you know they've got to take what pleasure they can. Their existence is probably miserable. But you know also, what? My, I love my the, favorite thing about Nier is that the robots are just as thirsty as me. Oh yeah, like no, like, you're thirstier than you, and you're pretty fucking. I thirsty. bet. Well, but the character dynamic but, between Two uh, B and Nine S early on is 9S. very fun. Um, yeah, and and then you beat the game, and then you restart and and play it over again from Nine S's perspective, and it's a very different playthrough before you get to. And that's look, that's you're not. It's it's okay. It's fine. I didn't know that. It's fine. The the second playthrough. That's you one play of five endings job. you need to get. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, so the one thing 9S. I love, like, I'm just going to say the one thing I love about 9S is he's trying to convince you, like, Such a these bitch. robots don't have feelings. They don't matter. And it's like they're fucking and they're making And they're babies. crying and they're, like, and they're begging for their lives and defending uh, their friends. And he's like, no, this is totally just like, look, they're just imitating. They're don't worry about it. They don't have feelings, whatever. You know what? The, the first playthrough of Nier Automata is honestly a really good fucking modern military in a lot of ways. Because you're fucking invading their space and it's just like... They don't have feel. They're less than us. Whatever. They. This is all fake. They're not real. He's an it's asshole. Fine. Yeah. Nine S. Nine S. A straight up bitch. Um. But yeah. So <laughs> near. He's kind, like, an, he's kind of an incel, to be honest. He's with you. a super incel for fucking yeah. sure. 
Um, he really is. Yeah. I don't know. Look, Near Automata is... It has great music. The combat is... It's wonky. And, but it's it's not bad. Like, it, it's fun once you realize what you're doing. My, my third biggest complaint is that, like, you pick up side quests and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you don't know if you're doing, like, a level, like, 10 or a level 50 side yeah, quest until little, you're actually yeah, fucking problem. doing it. I agree. I agree. But that's a fair criticism. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and and, and like, can we also just say that, like, as much as I love the game, the map is ass. The the the, the game's map is just pure. The game ass. makes and jokes about how there's literally a character that makes a joke about how yeah. bad the map in this game it's is. So bad. Like, <laughs> but why couldn't the map just be good? It's yeah. not even funny. Oh, like, I don't like, like I, that. I, I know. It literally is. It's just bad so that one NPC can make yeah. that one jump. And, like, yeah, and, and, and I was like, ha ha ha, Yoko Taro, but why did, why did you make the map bad? Like, but why do? I mean, but why do? But this map is fucking useless. Near Automata is such a... It's just a big blotch of slightly darker tan than the UI. Like, that's what the map is. It tells you fucking... Near Automata is just such a weird combination of incredible things and and shit that doesn't work, but you put up with and is somehow endearing and charming. Yes! And then yes! stuff that, that honestly... It's antagonistic in a way. Yeah, and then like stuff, some, There's some stuff that's legitimately antagonistic. Yeah. And then stuff that, like, you're a... Like, it's weird to talk... Like, look, it's unavoidable how horny this game is. But a lot of games are gross and creepy horny. And Nier Automata's, like in a weird space where it's, it's kind so of just almost. it's just like a baseline level of like yeah yeah what you gonna do like we got a fucking <laughs> robot bitch in a made outfit we got a robot twink and a blindfold over here like you know it, it was kind of funny because like when somebody pointed out just how like sets up the character designs are it kind of had gone over my head because I just think they're generally cool looking designs they are too. Cool ass like designs. they're not just they're not just like traditional turn boob slider all the way to the right kind of like yeah, anime that's sexy real, that's designs. But I'm sorry, nine S like, is nine S is, is is absolute he's twink, an intel. twink bait. He's, he's an he, incel. He sucks. You wanna hate top him is what you wanna do. He's like he's I, look, nine S I hate to break it to you, bud. <laughs> like <laughs> completely just that it's nine S's design is horny. And many of you don't recognize that because you don't look with horny goggles at men. I definitely look at with horny goggles. Yeah. And I do not see that. I just, you want to hate top. <laughs> okay. I so know. I have to, I, I have to address this in chat because I, as I've I've played all five, I've gotten all five of the major endings, and I was not aware of this. Apparently, there's an achievement for looking up to be skirt ten times, enough to annoy her. Yeah, that's pretty. Su- I don't not, not I'm, look. I'm Yoko, not look, that. look. I'm not liking that. Yoko, Yoko Taro's. Like, that's it's not that's all good. Yoko, it's yeah. not all good. It's not all good. But Yoko, I'm not a fan. But, but also, this. you get to watch two fucking batteries. Wait, Derek, how does that how does that work? Derek, bring bring that up. Derek, Derek bring that bring that a little closer to the camera. Bring that a little closer to the camera. Let's let's get a good look at that. This is not safe for work, by We're the way. And from Twitch. This is not safe for work. 
<laughs> Near Automata is just a weird ass game. And that's a wrap, everybody. Yeah. But it's but like but that's such that. a defining game of the generation that it's so weird and it's so everything and everybody has oh, every God. opinion at once about this game. And I think that's impossible to deny. Like it's magnetic in that weird way. So like so like game. Everything aside, the game is just visually appealing. If you like JRPGs or you grew up with anime, like you're immediately drawn to this game because this, this is the type of like design that is immediately made for like the anime weep, right? Like you immediately you're just like drawn to it. So initially I was drawn to Nier, but the gameplay is what initially like drove me away from because it's not it's not super easy to learn like right like you you use health packs like it's just not it's not like new player friendly so i didn't i the first time i played this game and i've said this before i went to the first boss of the first area no saves (laughs) and i fucking died so i had to re an hour of gameplay i had to redo it but once you get past that part, it's it's a fun, wild, silly game. And it's like, I haven't beat it yet. I, I'm still playing it. But I definitely, it, it's it's a game that just, it's just visually like, appealing. B- booties. Yeah, it, it, there's just so many, like, silly, clever things. Like, I love that, like, you can go into the menu and you can straight up unequip like your consciousness module and that's a game over sorry, immediately but, if you no, do you it. Sorry, uninstall brain i my consciousness yeah. module was uninstalled when, when, when i saw two double a batteries fucking on derek's camera like my <laughs> my consciousness module has already been uninstalled we need to end this shit. yeah we, we there's it's nothing more to enough. say about fucking near i mean <laughs> it's you know, not a, so I'll I'll throw it back to John in a second. We just spent twenty fucking minutes talking about Nier. That's why I was afraid to bring it up. We've been going for two and a half hours, and we're barely halfway through. So uh, we're gonna, let's let's finish this up. So next week. you know the, the remaining questions: Will John find a way to sneak Final Fantasy VI onto this list? Yeah. Uh, oh, will absolutely. The, will the Quiet Man be number one? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Fuck. Z. Yeah. So we've got, uh, and somebody clipped the battery fucking. So, so next there you go. week, next um, week is a big week for us. Okay. Yes. We're going to continue. We're going to finish games of the generation. We're pulling an, an, an it here. Okay. This is games of the generation chapter part two. one. And we're going to do part two next week. Should um, I wear clown makeup for it? Like no. Makeup if you bring clown two? makeup into Absolutely, my house, John, to be no. fair, John will get on your choices. Yes. Damn. <laughs> you got clown. Wow. Damn. Wow. So next I week, I next week, game recognized game. John, next week we will be finishing Shit. Games of the Generation show next Thursday and then Extra Life. It's a big deal y'all. Once a year, we do that 24-hour charity stream. Actually, John and I will be doing one on the official SCGC account. And then same Finn, couch. Yeah, and then Finn will be doing one um on his own account, which we will we will also link and promote on our Twitter page and on the show so that you all know to look for both. Um John and I will actually be doing a pre pre-show on, on Friday. So just next week is gonna Wars be 5? yeah, next week's gonna be big. Yeah. 
It's. I will just say so, that I don't know what games you guys are playing, but one of the games we're playing is Baldur's Gate 3, where chat makes every choice. Oh, wow. We are going to do our, <laughs> our pre-show is going to be Super Robot Wars V, just to test out our setup. Um, yeah. And then the day of, this is this is, this is is it, y'all. The day Jesus of, Christ. we're going to play Left Alive until God. we beat it. Okay, it's roughly it's no, it's roughly a ten hour game, so we will beat it. Then we're gonna play PT. I've never played PT, so I'm gonna play PT from fresh eyes. I'm going to, and that's gonna be our palate cleanser after terrible Left Alive. This is gonna be good. Yes. No, but then then again, after about eleven, twelve hours of streaming, depending on how timing works out, we'll have beaten Left Alive. PT will have cleansed our palate, then Metal Gear Survive. And we will oh. be playing Metal Gear Survive until the stream is done. I don't know if I'm going to fucking survive. Like, uh, you know, shout out to Maddie. Maddie really liked Metal Gear Survive. I've actually he heard Metal Gear Survive one. is mixed. Mixed. It's not universally hated like Left Alive. So we oh, may Finn. find stuff to like. No. Hold on. Hold Finn. on. Finn has the collector's edition. He has the collector's of edition of every Alive. fucking game we bring up. Just accept it. Really, Finn? God. Really? You have to understand. It was wow. a front mission game. I don't blame Defend him for yourself. trying. Finn, Finn yeah, please tell me you got understand. that on It clearance. was the last front mission please game. Please tell me you didn't pre how much did you pay for that? Mission was, front Mission was um, okay, literally so this not was left a Square alive. Enix store exclusive. You could only get it. And... So oh, how much did you pay for it? That's not important. How much did you pay for the Left Alive what Mech Edition? No, 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 no with the Steelbook. <laughs> Finn, Finn, how much did you pay for it? Uh, Steelbook. Finn, US how much dollars. did you pay for it? Finn? Finn? U.S. dollars. How much? I Finn. don't remember. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, guys, bull. this part really <laughs> is not important, and we've got to get going before I fall asleep. All right, on let's get out of here. Yes. So, yeah, please don't forget, uh, Extra Life next week, me and Derek, same room. I'm driving 10 hours to be there. We're going to be streaming games and raising money for a good cause, and Finn's going to be doing the same thing. We will be back next week with our 150 with U.S. dollars. You sad man. <laughs> God, you got fucking fleeced. When you make Justin laugh, that's wow. saying something. Wow. And wow. I laugh. Wow. This isn't I even laugh. I know. Anymore. I laugh in like go. disappointment. Just a perfect mocking manner. So, and by the way, shout out to everybody, to the people who rated us and stuck around and followed and joined the Discord. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank On you this so much. Hell night of all nights. Absolutely. And with that, Remember, kindness costs nothing. We'll see you next week.